How's it going there, everybody? Welcome to episode 25 of the Asshole Minded Podcast. 25 episodes is a big landmark, man. I know. That's like a... How many... What's a 25? Can I, can our show rent a car yet? 25th anniversary? Yeah, because you have to it be can, 25 to rent a car. Yeah, so it can rent a car. Yep. Uh, it's definitely starting to think about... Where it's going with its life? Like yep. health insurance. <laughs> next next episode, it, it can't be on its parents' health insurance anymore. Got to start thinking about that. It's it's rough. Those rough out there for a, for a mid twenty year old it's, podcast. <laughs> it's rough out there for a twenty five episode long podcast, and it's rough out here because man, I was just enjoying the temperature, and now it's back to like eighty fall temps. Yeah, it's like seventy seven right now. Well, it's probably cooled down a little bit because it's also pitch black outside, even though it's only seven thirty. And that was tripping me out too when we got done eating and came over. It was like, it's like the darkness that it is when we're done here. Yeah. Like usually, <laughs> we need more street lighting. Yeah. yeah, y'all definitely need some fucking street lights over here. I'm, Where'd you guys go eat? Uh, we went to the Wings of Houston. Oh, the place over by Avant, right? Yeah, it's fucking delicious. It's nice in there, yeah. Damn, man. And uh, the wings are a dollar a piece, so they're already cheaper than Buffalo Wild Wings. Fuck. They were chonkier. Uh-huh. They had like... Were they like full wings, or were they like... Both, it was a mix. I'm sure if you asked them like drums or, wing, or flats, you could ask, but right. uh, it was about equal for these both wings, of mine. These chickens worked out. They were big. Yeah, these were some beefy, chonky yeah. chickens. <laughs> and yeah, it was delicious. I got the maple bacon flavor Ooh. and uh, smoky... Uh, mango habanero. They oh, only man, use roosters. So <laughs> only rooster wings here. Yeah, <laughs> it's not like something they pride themselves on. Or something. Yeah, they were really fucking good though. I was surprised. Like, uh, I mean, I expected them to be decent, but I walked out of there being like, I have no reason to go to Buffalo Wild Wings now because only reason they even wanted to go before on Tuesdays was because that was when they they do the buy one get one traditional wings or whatever. Yeah, but now you know the which wings just barely makes there. it acceptable mm-hmm. for the amount of money you spend at a Buffalo Wild Wings that these were better and cheaper. And the wing combo, the wings like the multiple wings came with like a side right you got to have fries yeah you can get a combo so i think it's like two bucks for a combo so if you want like five oh, wings okay. it's five bucks and then seven they have a good combo. variety of sauces yes yes like I said, uh, many uh, many sauces yeah there's many degrees of spice it's like the nice. first time we walked into velvet taco where now i'm like fuck i want to go here like 10 more times and try all my different sauce combos and stuff all right yeah there's definitely they got a tikka masala Oh. That'd be uh, that would light your fire, buddy. Now oh, that we know that you already like, sounds good, yeah. You like the tikka chicken or whatever at <laughs> Velvet Taco. But if this is your first time listening to the podcast. I mean, you know what you're getting. We're talking about chicken wings. Eventually, we're going to talk about video games. It's just the three of us goofing off every week. If you like that, you can go to absentmindedpodcast.com to catch all of our older episodes, our side series, Absent Minded Watches, as well as links to both of those shows on your favorite podcast platform of choice while you're doing that. If you want to, you can leave us a voice message with a question, comment, or topic of discussion that we might even do on the air. You know what? Maybe you want to talk about our cars. It's like, what are y'all driving? What? Maybe our favorite brand of shampoo. You know, what we had for breakfast. If you got any kind of questions. What would you have for breakfast? Burning questions. Uh, I had a cup of coffee with uh, cream. What did you have? True. Two eggs with some cheese. Mm. I had a BLT. Some, some Dude, you've been uh, on the BLTs I, yeah, I don't know what it was. It was you last one, week. Like, a couple days ago, right? I've, had, I've had three three in a row in All the right. last couple of days. I think like, it was yesterday. <laughs> one every for, day. For breakfast. Yeah, every day I've had a BLT. <laughs> yeah, you were with me yesterday because so you good. were you were editing your first episode of Absent-Minded Watches. Yeah, and I had Yay. one yesterday. And you yeah. didn't want to get a BLT from Five Guys because you'd had one <laughs> earlier. Yeah. And I had a killer BLT the day before. We're just getting awesome tomatoes right now. I don't know what it is. I've been buying like some nice Roma tomatoes. Yeah, and, they've been nice and like mm-hmm. nice and colorful. BLT, nice and it's a good breakfast. It's a it's weirdly just, good year. If you for added tomatoes. an egg, it would be the perfect breakfast. But I don't like egg sandwiches like that. You know, 
rather have eggs on the side. BLT. Just the <laughs> side. <laughs> Scrambled or fried on the side. Either. Either. Yeah. I like eggs in all shapes and forms. If you're going to have a toasty BLT, you might as well have the fried egg. Yeah. Dip that yolk. Mm-hmm. Do you guys like runny eggs? I yeah. do. We I know do. you don't. We'll I talk do. about this. Yeah. That's why I was surprised that you were getting down on the the egg in your ramen the other day. Yeah, I was too. I just kind of went for it and it it's was fucking the, delicious. The, the broth gets so hot that the new, the egg yolk just kind of starts coating the noodles. Right. And it just adds like a texture. Oh, it's so delicious. See, I could have it in like in that context, but I think if I just, someone just like gave me just like a sunny side <laughs> up and like cut it open and it just like leaked everywhere. I'm like, this doesn't taste like butter. Oh man. Yeah. A Ethan's been on a, <laughs> Ethan's been on a fucking, foodie Instagram kick. I never knew they existed. I don't know how. And I swear now, every... Have you gone down like the fancy like food YouTube rabbit hole? No, no. This is just still that's pictures a, of... He likes his bite-sized yeah. Instagram. Just gets a okay. scroll High look at a real quick video. burger picture. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's no time. There's too much food to watch but yeah. instead of going and... Every, not every food needs a six-minute YouTube video. Right. Some of it just so needs, you know... 30 seconds. Exactly. Give me my gift recipe. This is what I got. This give me the it. Give me the slice... And the the spread, mm-hmm. you know, you spread that sandwich. You get the cross section. I, yeah, that's all you need. You can do. I just you need can this thirty second burger seconds. recipe while I get down on this quiche video. You know. Yeah, but he. I think he showed me something. What was the one where it was a full whole fucking chili Rolanos on a hamburger? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so a chili Rolanos is a poblano pepper, usually yeah. filled with either like I think there was some cheese in there. Yeah, either all cheese or sometimes they're like chicken or beef or whatever. It's it's a Mexican food. This was like a white cheese, but this was yeah, just like that uh, Oaxaca cheese or whatever. And on the burger, <laughs> so you cut into oh, it, it so and it's like seven mozzarella cheese sticks just spill <laughs> into the center of your burger, <laughs> and it's still a fully decked out burger the, with this held like fried poblano yeah. pepper on it. That's insane insanity. Anyway, this is not actually a food pa- podcast. Can we have a food podcast? Oh my God. Absent-minded eats. I could do a food podcast. Yeah, Ooh, man. instead of a let's play, it's a let's eat. Yes. <laughs> we, just, <laughs> we just go to Wings of Houston. Nobody like steal that. 30 <laughs> chicken wings and just film us eating I think we chicken just, wings. I think we just got our first Patreon show. There we go. Oh, yeah, if you want to see us eat food on camera. You know what you got to do. You got to go to AspenMindedPodcast.com. Use that listener support program. And <laughs> so give us $1, $5, or $10 and leave a message saying, hey, eat, is, eat this I'm much buying McDonald's. exactly one episode of, yeah, I want to see Ethan eat 20 McDoubles, <laughs> which is probably like on the lower end of the amount of sandwiches he could eat from McDonald's in one sitting. But guys, I think it's time for us to play What's the Score? What do we... What are we- what are we looking now, at? Now we're doing things a Is little differently today week? because two of the games in our What's the Score are games that some or all of us have played yes. in this yeah. past week. So we're going to go through those. But actually, before we get into that, Ethan, you are the only one because Drew never seems to look at the oh, document. Oh, yeah, I did. So he a, didn't tell me what he was playing mm-hmm. this week. Oh, you played Fractured Minds. Yes. What is Fractured Minds? It is a little indie game on the PlayStation Network. It might be on other platforms. I'm not quite sure. Uh, I don't own other platforms. <laughs> but um, it won a small award for um, something I should have written this down. I, I apologize. <laughs> I may have retweeted it. and Always I can, so prepared. Is I this can, what you said you were going to be more prepared for the shows yes. in the future? It's a game about mental health and all the kind Talk of fractured minds. All the kind yeah. of problems that can come with that anxiety, depression, feeling overwhelmed mm. or feeling underwhelmed, just all that different kind of stuff. It was it was like a dollar thirty and I, I beat it in like twenty minutes. It's not so much a, a, a video game as it is just like an experience. Mm. The message was really nice at the end, but the game is is, you know, depending on your state of mind, it might help or might 
make you a little more anxious in the moment. But yeah. it was um it had a really nice message and I, I applaud the creator and whoever worked on this game for what they were trying to do and yeah, it was nice. It Sounds was, like a bite-sized version of Celeste. A yeah. little more in your the brain. Um, oh, that's yeah. another game yeah. you need to play is Celeste. It's, it's great. You can play it when I lend you my Switch. <laughs> Basically, it was, you know, we, we create these monsters in our head, and we are the ones that give those monsters power because mm -hmm. they come from within us. And, you know, the monster that you're afraid of in your mind is only as strong as you make it. So maybe don't give that monster so much power. And that's kind of its message. And just a be nice to yourself. Fairly apt time for that that to come around for you. For, yeah, as far as like the, the things you've been dealing mm -hmm. with 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 work and certain vices that you've yes. been letting go of. Definitely. So um if you do have a chance and maybe you're you're struggling through some stuff, some yeah, mental dollar, I mean. some mental stuff, go check this out. It, it might be just what you need, or it might even just broaden your horizon and open up your mind and you may not even know you needed this. Mm -hmm. So Go check it out. I think I will. Yeah, for a dollar, I mean, fuck it. I, yeah, oh, here for, it is. What is it, 20, 30 minutes? Um, let's see. For the cost of a McDouble. It won the BAFTA YGD award. I don't know what that is. Now I got to look up YGD. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think that might be Young Gamers Design or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, so maybe me, it was a, a younger developer. Uh, Emily Mitchell is the creator of Factured Minds, BAFTA Young Games Designers Competition. She oh, okay. won that with this game, so good on you, uh, Emily, and um, I enjoyed your game, and I hope you keep doing stuff, and I hope your career goes places. Hell yeah. Well, that is, is actually officially time for What's the Score? Do-do-do-boo, what is the score? Yeah. Drew, Drew didn't want to scat for me today like yeah. he usually does. So I, there we go. What's the score? <laughs> First up on the list, we'll be talking about this one a little later in the rest of our uh second-hand Stadia coverage because none of us are spending money on this and they sure as shit didn't send us a review unit. But we have they a lot didn't? of Stadia. Nope, it got lost in the mail. I know, and I wanted to get my... We're at 25 episodes. I wanted to lock in my username. <laughs> I wanted to be the first just Travis on, on Stadia, <laughs> but now I'm never going to get it. Guilt is the single Stadia-exclusive title that was on their launch list. So the same, you can only play on Google Stadia. Came out today, November 19th. Enter the new creation from Tequila Works, a journey where you face your worst fears and are confronted with the emotional impact of your actions. Set in a creepy and melancholic world, guilt is an eerie story mixing fantasy and reality in a surrealist place where your nightmares become reality. Hide from terrible creatures or confront them as you find your way through the challenges of this wicked world. Now, we all just watched the trailer for this game just before we started recording. So you get an idea of the art style, get an the idea of kind nice. of the... Cutesy. The gameplay that's going to be in here. We saw that our main character had like a flashlight she was blasting her enemies flashlight, with. lantern, light so the, power. Those must be her nightmares become real. So yeah, those nightmares were, were not uh, childlike. They were, they were little, kind of creepy. There's a yeah. spooky, spooky yeah. taste to that. Kind of sure. a, a weird plague doctor kind of monster with a bird face or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, uh, guys, what are we thinking for the open critic score for guilt? How do you think that might have fared? I don't believe people can honestly rate this game without accidentally rating what they feel about their stadium. <laughs> well, so that was something I was thinking because I, I watched some of Giant Bomb's quick look on Stadia. Like I feel like this they might is be a projecting game, a little. Not necessarily. Game. I mean, sure, sure, not everybody. <laughs> this is probably not a game that's going to really be affected too much by latency. Mm. 
Like it's a slower oh, moving that's, character. That's true. Yeah, it's, it's not precision platforming. Yeah, like it's Doom not Eternal a twitch shooter. Yeah, it's not shooting for like yeah. Yeah, I this is probably you. a good title that was like their exclusive. That's not going to be hampered by networking issues or the video quality too much. Except it does look kind of dark. I could see maybe the video quality being a little spotty. Seventy six. Seventy six. Okay. Oh, you bitch. Uh, I'm going to go... Closest without going over. 73. 73. You both fucking suck. Damn. 70. Fuck! I, I, That's okay. Based on eight critic uh, reviews. Ooh, low, low reviews. Low, low, no, no one's buying Stadia. Right. Uh, <laughs> they probably didn't send too many out. They barely can sell them to the people that bought them. <laughs> now, to redeem yourself, what are we thinking about the critics... Percent recommended, and that's off the eight people for this title. This is out of eight reviewers. How many percentage recommended the game? Fifty nine. Okay. Sixty three. Twenty five percent of the critics recommended this game. Fucking hell! And now I think Ouch. that might have to do with. Can you recommend the game as a launch title for the platform where the only this is the only game that's exclusive to yeah. it? Like, is it? How do you recommend that? Oh, oh, it's so because this is not a. $60 game or a $40. I think it might be $30 plus the cost of entry to right. buying a Google Stadium yeah, Founders right. Edition right now. So, what, like plus $100 something dollars? So, you could probably, yeah, $170 if you want to play Guilt today. Yeah. So, maybe not quite that, quite worth that. I could see quite why the recommendation is recommendable. Might be a yeah. So that's a big fat zero for both of you on Guilt. No points earned. Um, and by um, the way, as a recap, you're both tied for points at six yeah, points each that. for the month of November. Next up, we've got a highly anticipated game for a certain set of people. Maybe less anticipated because of all the news that has been coming out. I Fuck know those people. Didn't affect the two of you too much. I still love. I still. Pokemon. I don't think Drew cares all that much. Anyway. No, I really don't. And uh, from what I've seen, Ethan's ride or die. It looks. It looks fine to me. I know? Exactly. Fine is exactly how I would describe it. Every Pokemon iteration except for Black and White and Black and White Two. And then the sequel ones, like I never played X or, or Y two, yeah. And then uh, Ultra Sun, or Ultra, Ultra Sun, yeah. Those the sequel ones. It's I played the originals for the most part. So, but I am a ride or die Pokemon fan, and I'm okay put your with time this. in. Yeah. I still like that, even though you're ride or die. You said it looks fine, not it looks good, not it looks great. <laughs> yeah, it's like this is I mean, just acceptable. But it looks fine. It's, yeah. It's it's a it's good Pokemon. it's a good Pokemon yeah like what no do one's you been expect? going to Pokemon for yeah it's yeah, exactly it's its on. first jump it's to a home not console let's go. you know but so Pokemon Sword and Shield should just skip is our go. next title on what's the score a new generation of Pokemon is coming to the Nintendo Switch system become a Pokemon trainer and embark blah 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 you know what Pokemon is there's I'll nothing to tell new you what fucking Pokemon it's the same is. story you get new Pokemon you don't get all the old Pokemon. You gotta be a trainer. Deal with it. Choose from one of your starters. Be the same very best. As before. I thought about this the other day. I think they should have doubled down. No new poke or no Pokemon from generations. No like- Pokemon and no <laughs> new Pokemon. You fuck with me. There's no Pokemon like, in your Pokemon. Nothing game. before X you or catch Y. Chickens <laughs> and you farm, and they're all just normal animals. It's a farm Guess what? simulator. This is now. a Harvest Moon game now. Yeah. But yeah, I think they should have just done X and Y and then onward. The generations that have got the least play time, that's the only Pokemon generations you get. You have to deal with the new. Forget about the old. Move on with your lives. So what are we thinking? How do you think the critics feel? Do they share 80. your feelings? 82, actually. I want to go higher. Okay. I might be biased. but 83. <laughs> 
You so the price is right. This is shit. The closest without going over is neither of you. <laughs> 81. I should not give you. You would have won too because you uh, uh, my point. first bet was going to be 82. Damn. I should have stuck with my. All right. All right. Let's trust your heart, Ethan. God damn. Now for another chance at redemption. Critics recommended percentage. What do you got? 80, 85. Okay. 74. Ethan gets the .75% of critics recommend this game. How, <laughs> how is your critic score going to be higher than the other score? Critics know. recommended? Yeah. yeah. 100% of people can recommend it. Oh, yeah. If I it's an 8 out of 10. fucking one that was like everybody yeah. recommended this. Yeah, that was the Every, If you like Pokemon, week, yeah. you'll love this game, yeah. but only 75%. I mean, with, with how divisive and mixed reception of it has been. reception, yeah. yeah I, that makes sense, honestly. Yeah, so I've uh, I spent a little bit of time with Pokemon Sword and Shield. I've played maybe... Well, my power went out not long ago, so I had a little more, what more time with it I thought I was going to put in. <laughs> Unintentional time. Yeah, I had, like it was only handheld. I had. I was like, cool. I got Pokemon. I guess. Uh, so I, I would say between four to five hours, maybe a little more. It's okay. It's for me. I, like I said, I've never been the biggest Pokemon fan. Anyway, that's me over here, people. It is incredibly easy. Mm-hmm. It like just playing it. It reminds me of how I felt with. I think I told you about this. Like playing older Pokemon games, where it's like it wasn't grinding so much because in the older games you're a Pokemon trainer. It's it's one of those weird ways where in the world you don't feel like you're grinding because you know you're a trainer. You're training your with your Pokemon. It's kind of the main thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so in like the older games that I played, you did have to train up your Pokemon a little bit to the extra levels really mattered and like yeah. maybe making or breaking your next gym battle or whatever because of the how much smaller the list of Pokemon was cuz for reference, the last games I played that I think I played was Gold and Silver, so like the second gen. Yeah, I don't oh even God. think I played the Still third. Still back on that Game Boy. So small, like 250 Pokemon or whatever it was. But my problem with Sword that I've had so far is that it has the EXP share thing, so all of your Pokemon level up whether or not they're even in the fight. Mm-hmm. So that I feel like they're leveling a lot faster. Like I'm already at the point where just going and fighting Pokemon trainers on the route I have a full team of Pokemon that are double the level of like the people I'm fighting. So every fight is of no consequence. Yeah, one of the comments of like older games was like, "Oh, I, if you if you just use your starter, you'll have a fucking bomb ass super, you know, powered up monster." In this game, if you stick to your starter, you really will have a overlevel completely Pokemon. overpowered. Yeah. yeah. Does I assume your starter gets more XP than the rest of them? It does it just because it starts off at a higher level by the time you start catching everything else, right? Oh, okay. yeah. yeah, and then um. Well, so that was the way the XP actually scales where you get less experience the bigger level they get, I think. Oh. Because they were getting you were getting more experience for the lower level comparatively ones? for the lower ones. Yeah. So like if you started with your main, who's obviously usually gonna be the highest level of your Pokemon, yeah. Unless you box him. Uh which some people were doing. Then like say you get like fifty points of XP on him and then the rest of your team gets twenty. Oh, okay. But if you took a lower level of Pokemon from that that backup round, like say it's level ten, mm-hmm. a few levels lower than a starter, you do the same fight, they might get sixty experience, and then the other ones all get twenty. So it's it's like the the curve is weird. Where again, it's part of what makes it so simple. Like you you get so much, they level up so much quicker the second you actually put them in front and make them do the fighting. And then my other issue is just that right off the bat, you have so many types to pick from. 
Like I've caught like 30 fucking Pokemon in the before I even got to the first gym. So I no matter who I'm going up against, I've got a strong grass Pokemon. I have my, my starters of fire. You got ways I have to counter electric, everything. electric Pokemon. I've got a flying. I've got a fighting. I've got someone who's good with psychic and bug. Like it's just you have so many people and couple that with the fact that your box is in the main menu. Now you don't have to go to like a Pokemon center to like your box Gasp. is always with you. So you can just switch in and out Pokemon like you all on the basically, fly. Mm-hmm. What? Well, not like crazy. in the match, sure, but like sure. when you're out of a battle, yeah. you can just pull in from you're whoever like, you want. Damn. Yeah. You're like, I need a whole new team. Yeah. I'm just, gonna yeah. You'd be like, Oh, I'm, I haven't used these guys for real quick. So you pull up a menu on like your little poker phone or whatever. Dude, just like it. Yeah. It's just too can simple. I get an, can I get an adult difficulty, please? And with having all those types again, that's another struggle too, where I, I'd always have that memory of being a kid and realizing, Oh, I need to train my fucking Caterpie to become a Butterfree because that gives me a psychic ability that will help me in the fight against Brock. Yeah. Because if I because I always pick a fire starter. So unless you pick the grass Pokemon, Brock is tough unless you like train your Pokemon. But if you get that Butterfree, then Charmander and Butterfree fucking rock Brock's world. Easy. But you have to know that and you have to play to your types and you have to train that specific Pokemon. Whereas now it's like, again, you've got a fucking the Avengers on your team (laughs) within the first two hours of playing this game. Yeah. After looking at the list, some of the new types and typing, they they have gone a little more variety type. Like I said, there's that they have a new type that they haven't done a combo before that I know of is fire bug. Mm -hmm. Those two are counterintuitive, but it it gives you a nice start with something because you know, your bug isn't going to be weak to fire and it's also got that strong for grass and other stuff that it's strong. Yeah. against. so it's the typing is nice in certain points. But again, the your Pokemon are getting experience on a bell curve. Mm-hmm. Like this is, you know, baby mode. It's just it is very simple, which is fine, because I mean, really, when it gets down to it, this game is not for me. Like there's plenty of super fans that like ooh, they, they play every Pokemon game because they like Pokemon. That's great. This is a game. It's made for children. Like it. That, that I'm was the whole point of it. Yeah. I'm, same reason I'm not going to the theaters and shitting on the Minions movie. Yeah. It's like it's not a movie made for me. It's this made is, for kids. This was a game. You know, this is for the first generation of people that have their Switch and haven't yeah. had a Pokemon game. So unless they had the other ones, but yeah. And there, there's a lot of complaints out there about like the the graphics not being as good as they should be. I kind of see it, but at the same time, it's still a big leap. Like it, it looks. Yeah. Because Ethan, you were over with mm-hmm. me and like playing those opening hours. And like some of it does look really nice. Like the art style is still pretty good. Yep. I can, again, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I feel like it's hard to be overly critical of those aspects. Again, when you consider too, Game Freak is on a hell of a crunch. They got to get these games out once a year. They can't delay shit because the Pokemon anime is starting soon. They got trading cards to sell and merchandise they got to get out there on store. So mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense. I, I think it's just, I can finally shut the door on Pokemon for myself. Like I don't care anymore. I used to think, ooh, it's going to be so great when that console one comes out. But I was also thinking, ooh, it's going to be more like more of a hardcore RPG where it's just, again, having not touched it for eight years. I wish it was more hardcore. It's gotten easier and easier instead of harder and harder or or more complex. You start with a fishing rod. No oh, old you don't rod, have to earn it no anymore. Oh no, there's no quest to like go get it a fishing rod. You just they just give it to you. And where do they give you your bike to at the start? <laughs> no, there's no bike, but. uh the levels are also small right now, too, that like there's no real reason to use them. Oh, really? Yeah, I think it's to accommodate the fact that there are entirely too many cutscenes. Like, it's just, I feel like I can't take five steps without fucking Hop showing up wanting to talk eh, to well, me or some really? shit. Yeah, some people like that. Some people cutscenes. don't. 
a little different. Okay, you're getting a little bit more of a Hollywood cinematic experience versus like amount of skips forcing you to read. I gotta shit watch. And everything. I gotta watch a, a NPC inspect deliveries you every start two. Skip. Yeah, you still gotta can't skip those cutscenes of Pokemon. Gotta put in a bunch of fucking. Oh, books. that's shitty. Anyway, that was Pokemon Sword and Shield. If you like Pokemon, you're gonna like this one. Yeah. If you were, if you really like you Pokemon, in a long time, you're gonna like this. Like, probably won't care. Yeah. Next up, Drew's almost beaten this game, correct? Or you did beat? He I did game. beat okay. it. Yeah. I'm the only one that has beat. Ethan's it. fairly far in. I was talking to him earlier. I think he's about halfway. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order has come out. The first single player Star Wars experience that I think we've gotten since Unleashed Two. Yeah, I think that's actually right. Yeah, Star Wars Force Unleashed 2, which would have been well, 2008, what about Battlefront 2. That's a with, shooter. That's a first-person shooter. Yeah. Oh, and it's oh, a multiplayer. Okay. Well, oh, well, sorry. You, you're right. It has a single-player campaign, but mm-hmm. it's not the focus. And right. that campaign sucked. Oh, yeah, wow, you're right. It, it does didn't. have a campaign. <laughs> <laughs> you still yeah. oh, like playing shit. that game, and you forgot it had a campaign. Because I beat the campaign so long ago. Yeah. Like They haven't done anything new with the campaign. Anyway, yeah. get, get This is the here. first like, yeah, single-player focus. Because there's no multiplayer component to this one. It's not... There's no microtransactions. There's no season pass. None of the the staples of EA games. Like it's it's weird. It's almost like a game out of time. Give them in time. that respect. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm hoping. I, I actually, <laughs> I would. This is a game where I would love if like at E3 they were like, hey, here's an expansion pack. Here's like That'd another cool. like a new planet or two or something. Just like an epilogue or whatever. Because finishing the game, no spoilers, of course, for you, Ethan, and for people Please. listening. It is. It has an endpoint. Like yes. it's, it, it's very clear that there's more story to be told, even just looking at where it fits in the timeline. And yeah, there are no like your main character survives. It's not like he. It's not like Rogue One, where all your main characters die at the end of the movie. Spoilers. Like it's clear that they could make more games if they wanted to, and they probably will because apparently this is reviewing well. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the whole Star Wars multiverse as a. Or I guess it's not even a multiverse. It's their actual universe. Not yet. Not until we merge it with Marvel. When it's on like the the timeline scale, they put this obviously purposefully where they put it so they could do more if it went well. Yeah, there's wiggle room without stepping on the toes of of the current trilogy. Even with the new, what's the Disney World place? Uh, Star Wars. Galaxy's Edge. I mean, they have a ride that is incorporated into the timeline that they can't open yet because it ties into the new oh, movie. Oh, because episode nine's not out yes. yet? That's cool. So that ride will literally release after the movie because it spoils <laughs> part of the movie. The ride. Yes. That's awesome. So they've, they've thought this out, obviously. And I, Dude, what if it's because you go through like the, the like busted up Death Star I or whatever? I have no like the, idea. Oh, that would be so cool. Yeah. I want to go to Galaxy's Edge I so know, bad. Right? Oh, my God. Drew, I want to get drunk with you in the cantina. <laughs> you can actually go now, some, too. I want to yeah, get hammered yeah. on some like fucking blue Russian <laughs> yes. Get it? Because yes. the blue milk white Russian. <laughs> It'd be delicious. <laughs> Guys, how are we feeling about the open critic score for Star Wars Jedi colon Fallen Order? I'm going to go eight and a half. Eight and a half. Or what eight, does that mean? 8.5. Eight out of five. There we go. I was like, 8.5 out of 100 is a brutal. Sorry. Brutal. Uh, <laughs> how many people reviewed it? 67 critic reviews. 79. Ethan finally gets a point on the board. 84. Nice. Fuck. Nice. 84 open critic. I was being critical. Damn. Now, Ethan, would you like to go for two? Of course I would. What am I, coward? (laughs) What am I, rebel scum? You dark side or light side? 
Oh, you're always dark Jedi. That's how that's how you always no, like to I'm say. No, I'm always good. I'm always good Jedi. I was Naruto back you in the day. Said on your Instagram post, "Hey guys, I'm gonna go live streaming, play a dark Jedi or whatever." No, it, says, it says Star Wars Dark Souls. Oh, I read Dark Jedi. No, 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 no. no. I, am, I would. I b- truly believe I would walk a very thin line because <laughs> I do get angry and aggressive, but also I'm very keen to avoid confrontation. So I am, you know, if somebody's going to yeah, fight, just force choke people from around the if corner, if somebody's going to fight me, I am not going to fight them until they literally swing. Would you me. be a passive aggressive force user? Probably. <laughs> kind of once a lot of like, you know, like somebody you like force something out of their pocket, like, <laughs> kind of pull up their wallet and have them drop I it on the floor. I kind of have this idea for you like, 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 oh, like, you lost your wallet. Oh, yeah. Sh- yeah. You're forced choking yeah. someone's so, cell phone. I kind of want to show crack on the screen, like a funny little animated star Wars thing where like the Padawan and his master is like talking about how calm they both are. And then somebody just pisses the Padawan off and he just starts like double fist force choking him. Oh man. So percentage of critics recommended out of 67 critic reviews. With an average open critic score of 84. How many percent recommend it? Without going over within I'm gonna 5%. Say, I'm going to say 76 people. Actually, 76%? Uh, that's kind of low. For no. 84? Because they said 75% I, well, recommended don't, don't for, influence my answer for Pokemon. Here. I'm just... I'm, I want to see I someone say, finally What did I get say? 76? Yeah, yes. you said 76. All right, I'll go... Seventy-nine. I'm gonna say seventy-nine, just like my first answer. No points awarded. Ninety-one percent of critics recommend this game. Wow. Good for them. Wait, I thought if he gets it wrong, I get the point. That's true. You are correct. Yeah, you true. are correct, sir. So we're still even. No, wow. I, you're still winning. You're ahead one point you're ahead because one you point. got one point for Pokemon Sword and Shield. I did. Yes. Yeah. Because you got the critics recommended percentage. Oh. Must have missed that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So the new score is. That's a lot of people. Ethan eight, recommending this. this game. Andrew seven. Because I mean, I literally had somebody asking me about this game, and I told them not to buy this game until it goes on discount. Really? Yes. Yeah. I truly believe this game needs a patch and is getting praise because of not how good of a game it is, but how good of a Star Wars it is. I mean, yeah, I'd agree with that. I think it is a good game. Yes, I think it is a good game. But I fit pretty much where they where that open critic sits. I if I had to put a number on it, I would say eight out of ten. Seventy nine is what I would give the game myself. Honestly. Okay, I feel like it, it is a great game, but it has that much room for improvement. Sure, it could no, have been I, a ninety. And I, I'm saying this even board. like if it if the performance was better, if the glitches were improved, if the bugs were fixed. I would still say eight out of 10. And I say that because I don't think it really influenced my gameplay. It was more just like, ah, I wish it had just that little extra sheen of polish that influences my game. That doesn't for, for me, for what it is. It doesn't affect how I feel about the game. Mostly because what I know for the most part, it's going to be fixed. Those are little yeah, hitches it's where true. it's like, yes. like I said, patches come I out, personally yeah. said, I think it should have been delayed maybe three to four mm-hmm. months or something. But just to was, give that little extra polish, yeah. because the big thing about this game is that it takes a lot of things from other games of its mm-hmm. type as far as the third person action adventure game. It's like an amalgamation. Of a lot of those things like yep. you'll hear people say, oh, it reminds me of the, the climbing mechanics in Uncharted because and the, the way cinematic, you go like, around levels backdrops and, of kind of Uncharted where like uh, you're in a moment and then like a set piece collapses or explodes and that 
oh, forces yeah. you to alter the your opening path. section of the game is literally the yes. train sequence from Uncharted. Yes, right. Exactly. Yeah, like yes. all the action sequences feel very Uncharted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're big set pieces. It's yes. clear that it's got like a very heavy cinematic focus to it. The cutscenes are all gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Too gorgeous, in fact, because I was playing it on Xbox One X and there were plenty of cutscenes where it's like it would change to like a close up of a character's face and you could feel the frame rate drop. Yeah. Which like all of a sudden it went from like a cool 30 to like 25 steady until that person's hair is not. So I, I just recently got to focus. probably the middle or, you know, second, third part of the game. And you, you got to the part where they were showing all the gameplay demos. Yes, when we first yeah. started seeing it on. Kashyyyk. You mentioned a lot of pop in from like environments and, and just stuff like that for details of graphics. And I didn't notice them a lot. Mm, no, I didn't. Because I, I, honestly, I didn't have a whole lot of pop in on mine. I thought that was one of your main things. There we was a about the other smidge day. where I might load into an area. That's what for, I mean. Like from like a, a save yeah. or like a cutscene or something. That's but what I'm talking about. I think we were talking about this one time when we were playing Apex. It wasn't I, I happening in gameplay for me. No, I'm talking about literally like when you you ha- you just start up the game. It's your first or like you come back from a death. Or something. Oh well, yeah. yeah. That happened to be like two two times. The I was whole time. having a lot of it on. I've uh, heard it's worse on PlayStation Four. Yeah, definitely. Where if I load in and I immediately start running, I can beat a lot of the oh, game. Oh no, we talked yeah. about character pop in. That too. That did happen that to me a couple too, times. But I've noticed more environment now. Did you guys have? I know, like, yeah, well, character popping can be late sometimes, especially like whenever you first boot up the game. But this happened to me once, where like I booted up into like a docking bay or something like that, and like all the characters loaded, but they weren't doing anything. Oh, like their animations hadn't begun. Yeah, and, yeah, and even then, that like they didn't start till I interacted with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's bugs like that where. Mm-hmm. It's got some. Yeah, it, it's definitely got <laughs> bugs. I sent y'all a clip. I don't know if you ended up watching it, Drew, but I showed it to you. Yeah, Ethan. where the guy got stuck in the wall or whatever. Oh, no, I'm talking about my clip oh, that yeah, I, yeah. I recorded. Oh, okay. um, I put in Slack where I hadn't had this happen in a long time, I think since I played like a PlayStation 3 Assassin's Creed game. But it, I had a moment where I glitched through the environment and fell through the map. Oh, okay. It was gorgeous, right. but it was yeah. weird. Yeah, the backdrop was very pretty. Yeah, the skybox was. <laughs> was great. Yeah, not supposed to happen, though. <laughs> yeah, and there's plenty of instances where like, I'll be going through an environment and there might be like rocks on the ground that are kind of like on the side of like where the edge of where you would be able to walk through or whatever. Yeah. And it'd be like a rock was misaligned and like you could literally see through it to like the outer bounds of like the skybox where it would, where it's like, it, it would just be like this white thing because you know, the sky's white Yeah, and I could see it through the rocks Yeah, because I've, I've it had, was just like a rock was not where it was supposed to be. Like yeah, the texture was misaligned or something. Right, I had yeah, multiple like times where I was ambushed or well, not ambushed, but like forced into a, a wall or up against a corner by two multiple enemies. And then I, if I, you know, move your camera, you can kind of just, Oh yeah. The camera like breaks the ground, the bounds yeah, of the yeah, wall. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And plenty of spots too, where <laughs> you think you've got a couple more steps you could take. And then it's like an invisible wall where you can't go over to that spot. And how come I can fall off cliffs, but I can't just lightsaber people off of cliffs. Like they, they seem they, to be have incapable to be, of, they have to be force pushed yes, off. You can't or, just like, yeah, yeah. It's, or like parry block them off or anything like that. I never had a moment where an enemy pushed me off the side. Oh no, I walked off. Oh, <laughs> or like yeah, or dodged off, off or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that what you did it with it in your own power. Under your own power, you chose to walk off. Or you sure, was but put, that a bad footstep? Because there was a couple times where I had that thing where it's like, yeah, you're fighting, and then like an attack I do pushes me over where normally I wouldn't be able to stand, but it gives you like that invisible thing where yeah. it's like uh-huh. it's detecting a footstep would happen, and you're in an animation, and so I have the chance to like jump 
off or whatever and not fall immediately. Yeah. How good would does uh, force pushing people off cliffs feel? Yeah, Real good. When, once you get Real that, yeah, fucking good. good. Uh, we were talking to the guy at Wings of Houston because he overheard our conversation and came yeah. up and asked me like what difficulty I was playing on and everything and. He said something like, it got a lot easier once you got the force pull. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, because I'm constantly, if it's a basic bitch stormtrooper, oh, you just pull force pull, in. Yeah. lightsaber through the chest, <laughs> throw him out of the way. Yeah. Constantly for the whole, because every kill you get recharges some of your force powers. So you get just enough to like pulling you down from here, pulling you from across from there, constantly yeah. just yeah. clearing out the weaklings. I want to know the the skill point thing with me, because at every point when I've gotten new skills, uh-huh. I already have enough skill points just docked up because I don't die or lose my skill points very often. Mm -hmm. I can just buy all the skills immediately. By the time I got to the end, I definitely, I still had four or five skills I didn't have unlocked yet. I always felt like I had to stock up a little. There's plenty of times where I'd get like one point and then I'd be like, ooh, but I really would rather have this, so I'll save the point. Though I was playing Jedi Master, which you said you weren't. No, yeah, right? I am. Oh, you are? I have not changed my difficulty at all from Jedi Master. Oh, okay. oh I thought, oh, okay, because you said you were considering it at one point. I, I, in the very beginning when I was still kind of getting the game, I got yeah. frustrated and I wanted to see the difference, but Knight, the AI, almost seemed too stupid. I felt bad because oh, yeah. they would like just you put it stop on f- the lower difficulties. Yeah. They just kind of don't. They act just as stopped yeah. in front of me, and I was like, "Are you are y'all gonna do something? Are you waiting for me?" And then mm-hmm. I'm just pff, dead, and I was like, "Oh, that was too easy." So yeah. I went back up to master. I have yet to try grandmaster, but I don't know why. I probably should. Well. I died a lot, but I always made sure to go back and get my mm-hmm. skills Definitely. points back or whatever. Because uh, in this one, you unlike other Dark Souls, you don't necessarily you just have, have to get to, one hit on them. Yeah, or not even hit them. them. You can just block an attack from them and you get it back. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's if you do very a parry, easy you can, to get yeah. their stuff. I had one instance that was weird. It was like one of the mini boss fights where a bounty hunter comes after you. He, I kind of ambush you. Sure. Yeah. And they had killed me the time before. I go back into the room. I kill the bounty hunter. And I kill the, the droid he's with. And the big chunky one? Yeah, but I hadn't gotten my points back. And I see there's like a glowy thing on the ground. Yeah, that's it right. It was like they dropped an item. Mm-hmm. And I that was your points? That's the only time that ever happened. Yeah, because yeah, I haven't seen to that me. I walked over it and it gave me the slowdown where it's like, oh, you health restored, <laughs> XP restored, one, ball. One weird glitch with, with something like that I noticed is that the thing that does kill you and takes your, your skills and stuff, mm. when they do a, a glowy red attack... That is supposed to, you know, take a lot of health from you. Yeah, they're unblockable. If they have your skill points, Do they, they not will not red? grow. <laughs> they will not glow red, so you cannot tell unless you've memorized that animation. Yeah. that that's going to be an unblockable. And it, many a times I've been like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, that's so, funny. Just one of those little. Because that was almost any time I came across someone who killed me before, I'd like, I just run straight at that person. I'm like, I'm getting this shit back. <laughs> like, jump over them and hit them from the back, yeah. or force slow them and grit them real quick. So, because I was always so worried, because it was never really explained. I never had it happened. If like that same one dies, or if someone else kills you, do you lose the previous I loss, and then they then the new one? Uh, yeah, it never happened to me. I didn't yeah. give them the chance. But a lot of times while I was playing this game, it reminded me a lot of Horizon Zero Dawn because really? of the way that that game had a similar idea behind it when it first came out, where some of its detractors were like. Oh, it's not a bad open world game, but it's just like, here's a bunch of little things that are good in other games that they put into Horizon Zero Dawn. And for some people, like if you like open world games, you're going to like Horizon Zero Dawn. If you're the kind of person who gets tired of them fairly quickly, it's not not going to like change your mind, but it does everything it does so well that it's one of those situations where the 
sum is greater the wait sum of its whole parts. Or the total is greater than the sum of its parts. <laughs> yeah. There we go. And that's why I kept thinking about that with while I was playing Fallen Order, where it's like I don't think Fallen Order nails it. I'm looking at it where it's like on Uncharted. Sure, it's similar with the cinematics and some of the platforming, but the platforming's better in Uncharted. Yeah, it's and the cinematics main, are better it's in their Uncharted. Main, if not, their second main focus next to the, yeah. the shooting. The combat is clear, and and the level design clearly Dark Souls inspired. Yes, the level it's design not better than Dark Souls though. No. It's not even like competent, really. No. What I will say for it is, it's nice seeing the difficulty settings mm-hmm. because it kind of answers that question when when Sekiro came out and there was all the controversy about accessibility in games. Where it's like, oh, this Casuals. is a smarter way of changing difficulty without necessarily making it too easy to play. Like something like Grandmaster to Jedi Master, even to Jedi Knight, from what I understand, imagine if just the AI was just a little better. Then, like, if they weren't just stupid and standing around, but maybe you took a smidge less damage and your parry window was adjusted, that seems like something that would fit well into like a Sekiro 2 if they decide, oh, we do want to add. For accessibility reasons, just say someone whose reflexes are physically not good yes. enough to hit the parry windows, it can still be difficult and provide challenge without it necessarily dumbing down the baby mode, right. I, making a story level difficulty. I agree with you because I do love the fact that in the difficulties they show you what's being upped and yeah. what's being decreased. You it's know, not the typical increase at the hard mode yes. and now everyone is a bullet Because you have no idea what's being changed in some yeah. of those difficulties. Your but damage this one, output doesn't even change. For which? For, I think for any of the difficulties. Yeah, it's just... It's just how much damage they do And how aggressive you, they are. And, and then, like, your parry windows. No, there's three. It's it's the... There's it's, four, because I know parry windows the top. Oh, there's four? There's four things that change, yeah. I think one of them is your damage, but I don't... I can't remember. I, I haven't looked Maybe at it, it that is. much, but I... Because I know a Jedi Master is the one where all... Th- the bottom three are even, and the parry windows just below Grandmaster. Uh, the, and, so maybe it is that, no, like, Jedi your damage Master is, is the Everything same. is equal. Yeah, master, everything is equal, and then grandmaster is the one where the parry window is the smallest, and I think the two are different, actually? But from software, would never do a difficulty because their big stand is that it's not that the game is difficulty, it's that your skill level just hasn't improved. No, I know, and that's why I mean when I say not the difficulty discussion, the accessibility discussion. It's... I mean, and then we don't have to get into yeah, all that yeah, because yeah, that was yeah. there's a lot of nuances to that talk sure. when it was going on. But it's it, what they've done here with their difficulty. I I appreciate it. I was I mean before the game came out, I was curious if it was even going to have a difficulty setting because we knew it was trying to be slightly a Dark Souls type yeah. combat. But you know, the it does have a nice, beautiful story. So the story mode, uh, you know, I understand. And then difficulty or Take okay, so with I, it what you will. I pulled it up. You were right. There's three things to change on the difficulty levels. Okay. Parry timing, mm-hmm. incoming damage, and enemy aggression. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, your you damage were... is the same yes. throughout. Okay, cool. Which is what I mean where it's like, it, it's not like it cheeses it to the point where, ooh, if I'm on story mode, suddenly I'm going to one-hit kill everybody. Right, yeah. Your damage, I think, goes with like your skill points and stuff because once you get like... I think you only get one upgrade to for your lightsaber the yeah. entire time. But I think with more skills, oh no, because those your repertoire is expanded, which makes combat easier. Because in the beginning, of course, you have your force slow, which can give you basically that breathing room where you can get in behind someone. Well, I know because a- I went back to the first. What is it, Bogona? Whatever, yeah, and now I can kill those little bugs in one hit, which in the beginning I couldn't. 
So your damage does increase, I think, a little bit as you get more as skills. As you add into lightsaber yeah. skills in general. Yeah, I think you just it get maybe your, has your like strike just gets a little more damage. Just That would take care of the lower enemies who, you know, essentially become nothing to yeah. you after a while. It's funny, yeah. I was because uh, just yesterday... I dabbled in the PC version a little bit. So I played yeah. I played the entire campaign on Xbox One X. Uh, it's about 20 hours, like everyone else said. Yep. Yeah, it's a, it's a I shorty. did a fair amount of exploration because another thing that this game pulls from is it's very much in the Metroidvania style of games where the level design is very vast. You go across a lot of areas where it's a clear thing where it's like, ooh, I can't go there now, but I'll get an unlock or an item later on that'll let me access this. So you're encouraged to revisit areas, re-explore places you've been before to get mostly these treasure chests that are just cosmetics. It's, it's like lightsaber hills yeah, and, lightsaber and that's it. There's only two things throughout the entire game that change like your abilities and that's going to be the little force powers that you can find in oh, some yeah, of the secret that in, areas. That increase your maximum health and your yeah, maximum, maximum health force yes. or the stim packs mm-hmm. that there you can. You yeah. I got up to 10 by the time I was done. I, I was like, back, I'm never going to die. I went back <laughs> Wait, to... You had 10 stim packs? I him stim packs. I went back I to Pagona yeah. and I found two and I was like, yep. fuck yeah! <laughs> yeah, there was one in uh, the first planet you go to, Zepho, that I completely mm-hmm. missed somehow. It was just like a cave in the very opening area, like, you know, before you go into the base. Yeah. It's literally at the launch pad, and you walk up the yes. first little area, yep. and there's a cave where you, you don't have to go in because if you open your map, it doesn't show you that that's a path you can go down. Yeah. Because the map is both well-designed and horribly designed. Once you unlock, <laughs> like, all of the map, it gets a little confusing, all the different levels and yeah. stuff. Even yeah. if you've been to every place, it's I still felt like I was constantly looking at my map trying yeah. to figure out where to go. Yeah, I, I red boxed it. And so I definitely got to a point where it's like, I just want to finish this game. I didn't feel like there were enough rewards for going in and exploring everything. Mm-hmm. And also, to be fair, I wasn't playing on PS4, so I didn't give a shit about the trophies. If I had been paying on PS4, I probably would have tried yeah. to platinum it. But that's still that would have been like an extra day or two of rental. Yeah. I agree with you where it's like, this is not a game I would have bought for $60. This is the thing that these companies struggle with where it's like, you're looking for player engagement. You can't engage with a player very well on a single player campaign because once you've played it, unless it's just groundbreaking and you're a super fan and you can't wait to play that game again, there's not a lot of reason to go back and play this a second time. Yes. Yeah. Unless you just really, really enjoyed it and you want to see the cinematics and stuff again because that's really your only payoff. And that's the funny thing about Star Wars. They have those diehard fans and they're there. Oh, I saw because yeah. I, I looked at the subreddit I mean, and you somebody were, you was, bought I'm it. I'm one of them. Two yeah. days after this game came out, someone was like, I'm on my third playthrough. I love this game so much. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, that, I, Jesus, I, I can't dude. see that, but <laughs> yeah. I definitely have a hard time leaving a planet without exploring as much of the map as I possibly can. Yeah, I was over it, 90% explored on each planet by the end of the game. And I played, it, I loved Metroid Prime, uh-huh. and it, it oh, feels... Oh, it's very much... The map is straight super, out of Metroid Prime 3. Super Metroid Prime-y, and I, I loved those games when I was younger, and you know, I do like the exploration of Dark Souls is finding all those shortcuts or finding something to make that boss battle easier because it shortens the distance. Yeah. But when you forget a shortcut because it's so unimpressive or something, mm-hmm. that's detrimental. You know? Yeah, there were there's more than one time where I'd go back to Zepho and be like, ooh, I have my force pull, so I want to go find this fucking mm-hmm. rope that I couldn't get to earlier. 
and it takes me like thirty minutes to get back to where I was supposed to go when I because I missed the lift. Yeah. that you unlock. Yeah. It's like it takes you straight you down, down into well, an area. Right, and in other places where you're just like, I have, I see where I want to go. I have no earthly idea how the fuck I'm supposed map, to get there. And you're like yeah. the colors are just different shades of blue. And then in right? reality, there's <laughs> like between level one and level there's three. There's like the fuck a line? straight <laughs> shot, literally two feet from you, that takes you right there, but you just can't remember. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't see it's it. Very that. What I was going to say, because I, I forgot what the point I was trying to make, but I was talking about how I, I dabbled in the PC version mm-hmm. a little bit. I was playing on Jedi Master still because I, I booted up just to see how performance was on my computer. Sure. Actually pretty good. I could see how it should be performing better, but I was okay with like the settings I had nailed in and yeah. everything. But I, I played through just the first opening segment again up to where you fight the second sister. And man, I could just tell by the like, even with no upgrades and stuff, I got better at the game. Yeah, you don't. I don't usually see that quickly because like where she kicked my ass the first time when I was playing on Xbox. The second time, you the were second just like, time on the PC and it, same frame rate too. So yeah. I can't even say it's like responsiveness. <laughs> I was pl- I wanted to see if I could get the running game running at like true 4K. Yeah. And so I was capped at 30 FPS. So it was the same performance as Xbox One X. And I wrecked her shit. <laughs> Where it was more like, because I get her down to like half health or whatever. And you can't beat I'm her, still right? Full, no, it won't let you. Because no matter what, it goes in the cutscene. Lame. But when I played on Xbox the first time, I was like, oh, thank God. Because she killed me a couple times. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, down to my final sliver of health when finally the cutscene starts. I was like, oh, thank God. Because I thought this was some Dark Souls shit where I have to beat her. Yeah, that's how you know it's in my not. First because time. if it was really a Dark Souls, they'd let you beat her and either have a story where the game's like, well, that's it. You just beat the game. Or... Well, they would McGullin muff what's it called? McGuffin. McGuffin it where they just make it to where oh like they did in Sekiro. Yeah. That first boss Sekiro, you could beat that shit, but they have it put into the story where like, oh, you something happens and you still yeah. lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, but it's funny because the first time I played the game, I was I think a couple planets further on, but it's when the second sister has started like talking to you over your intercom or whatever. Yeah. And yeah, I don't you That's haven't fine. gotten here yet. I'm just fucking with um but she's talking to you and kind of taunting you a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Cal is just like, oh, yeah, well, you like ran or I could have taken you this last time or whatever. It's just like the only reason I didn't kill you is because of your little buddy. Yeah. yeah. And I'm thinking, yeah, Cal, you should shut your mouth. Like she was wiping <laughs> the floor with us. <laughs> Whereas this time on the PC version, I was like, bitch, come on. You just going to leave. You just going to run off like that. I will take you and, on right now. And that's where you get that. But that's with no yeah. extra lightsaber damage. That's with no like extra skills. I just gotten so much more comfortable with the parry system and mm. using everything timing together, my slows yeah, yeah. and knowing dodging at the right time and not wasting your dodge on something else. So from that perspective, it does feel like a souls game mm-hmm. where it's, it's one of those things where eventually certain systems click and you can get more enjoyment out of it and be better without necessarily just because you change you're hitting harder or something. Or, yeah. So I, I don't know, like I said, eight out of 10 for me, man, it, I can't wait to see this game when some of the performance issues are fixed, especially on the PC side, because that game at like an actual like razor sharp 4k looks excellent, but I could see how some people with like better hardware than mine would be bummed that like they're not running this at yeah. higher frame rates because it, it should be hitting those higher ones. Right. And again, like smaller issues on PS4. How often did y'all have like the game straight up, like stopping and like to load like in areas there? I think I only noticed that once today where I was like trying to do something and it stopped and I was like, Oh, and uh-huh. then it just went and I was like, Okay. <laughs> okay. But I yeah. say it happened to me a few times. Really? Yeah. Cause uh, there was days I was playing for quite a few hours in a row. Mm-hmm. And I think the longer I was running it, the, the more stress it would put on the game. Yeah. In a weird way, you know? Yeah. I think 
it didn't happen to me for the first time until Kashyyyk, which I would say easily Kashyyyk is the worst performing it, like, level yeah, of the game. It's yeah. It was just it's kind of funny too because that's like the first level they showed yeah, off that, of like gameplay. You game figure play. that's yeah. their vertical slice. Yeah, that was the one they did in all the demos in like the gameplay videos and stuff. Uh-huh. And it's the one that runs the worst for sure, yeah. <laughs> which is odd. Yeah, I hope it smooths out over time. I would definitely say it's worth a rental if you really like Star oh, Wars. Yeah, yeah. hold out for the holidays because it'll probably be on sale for a little bit. Yeah, get this soon. as a gift. Have somebody. Give this to you as a as a present. Don't don't spend sixty dollars on this. Yeah, like, but you can but, if you want to. But I wouldn't. As a Star Wars story, I really liked it. Sure. Yeah. And it's just one of those things. I I struggle with whether or not I think it might have been better to pull back on the Metroidvania aspect of it and just make it more of a like a straightforward uncharted yeah. experience where maybe you have an area that's kind of like Uncharted Four, where it's, here's a bigger hub area. Like Kashyyyk could have been. The that part of Uncharted hum- 4 when you're in that big like area the with Jeep the Humvee. Yeah. yeah. And then everything else is more like, not necessarily A to B, but what like what they call it, uh, Naughty Dog, the open linear, where you have multiple paths, but it's like it it's clear that you're going here. Yeah. I think that might have been better for this game. Maybe just because, like at the beginning, I, I really liked the level design. And by the end, again, looking at that map and trying to figure out where certain it's secrets just are. It's just daunting. Yeah, too, yeah. It's like. Some of these are just too big. Like I, I think, thought, Bagano was already big with I think all the I'm paths. I'm just used to the back. And then you go to Zephyr, and and, and you get to a point where you're like, oh, hey, go back to your ship. You're done here from now. And I was like, nope. I found this underground area, and then like a crashed star destroyer. And you're telling me now it's time to go to another planet. Yeah, that fucks with my completionism part of my brain, man. Like it, can't it was, do that. It yeah. took me a Gotta long time to forward. finally get off that fucking planet. Yeah, that what's what's the one? Uh, sh- Dathomir. Th- no, the red one. I still can't go through Dathomir apparently because I don't have the double jump. I think. Oh is what yeah, I'm that's yeah. Um, yeah, you need that. No, it what Zepho? I think is what it is. Yeah, yeah that's you're, the first one. You you're go in the temple. Or after you, you go back up. And then you're in the like the imperial village where the the empire has all the troopers and stuff. Mm. And you find another part. You go down and you're in these ice caverns. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit! There's a whole fucking other thing. That's like three different like maze places in yeah. this one planet, and they're kind of designed the same to go this way, then backtrack. I think shortcut. What would have bumped this up to like an eight and a half out of ten for me is fast travel. Yes. yes, I cannot believe there's yeah. no way to fast travel between meditation points. Yeah. That conversation happened, and some lead designer was like, "That's not what we're about in this game." And then you're just like, "Well, fuck, this map is really convoluted. I don't know what you expect people to do." That would have fixed a lot of stuff. Yeah, so much better. Been able to transport from meditation. I would have taken the time to hundred percent this on point. Xbox. And that brings me to another point: is they never explain the whole respawn mechanic in this game with like a. In universe reason yes. for having Cal, to go and get Cal your experience back. Just, yeah. yeah, that like, and it's not a huge deal. Video game, sure, whatever. I do like that they explained why he can pull stories from like the, the items you get. He touches, that's yeah. that's or whatever. cool. Yeah, force that echoes or whatever. It's just it's a rare force ability where mm-hmm. he can when you're when see you're the passive items. Yeah, when you're gonna have you know respawn literally pop up in words after you Kinda die. Cheeky. Respawn entertainment. Oh god, <laughs> it just it feels like they could have tossed us a bone for some kind of explanation for that and other other than we're just supposed to accept it yeah that it's oh this is a dark souls game so this is a thing mm. i don't know it seemed kind of silly but maybe they talked about it. it's just like how do you explain that in the star wars universe like by not doing it 
Yeah, well, exactly. But then that changed your <laughs> like, entire gameplay you know design, I mean? Doc. Like, it's like, ooh, shit, we should have answered that question two years ago. Fuck, delay this game a yeah. couple of years, EA. We can't do it right now. Yeah. Yeah. If I have anything to say about this game, it's, it's just don't rush things, EA. I don't think they rush it. I think it's one of those issues where... I think where, they rushed it out the door to meet deadlines. Well, EA doesn't make that decision with Respawn. Because remember that Respawn is kind of in an interesting place where is like their position at EA. They just put out Apex Legends, mm-hmm. which was huge for them. Yep. Titanfall 2, huge critical success. Yes. Probably would have sold better if EA hadn't positioned the release date yeah. when they did. And on this one, I mean, obviously, Episode 9 comes out next month. Yep. They had, mean, like, you wanted to have that Star Wars game out. They had their yes. release date pinned two years ago at E3 when Andrea Renee was on the stage and like went and talked to Vince Ampella and like, we didn't even know anything about the game and respawn or Vince Ampella was like, it's coming out this, this month and this year or whatever. And we'll talk more about it in a few months. I wish it had had three to four more months, but I bet that was something that at respawn. They probably decided because we talked about this a little bit where it's like the game is functional. Yes. You can beat the game. It, I had far less issues playing this than I did. Even like Days Gone, like I mean, there were moments in Days really? Gone where by the time I played it and the latest performance patch came out, the second half of that game, there were some performance issues. I'm talking wow. about the entire world loading in while you're on a bike mm. and you're like going like 50 yeah. miles an hour and all of a sudden <laughs> I'm like, crash into the why does this road look like shit? In. And all of a sudden it's like all everything <laughs> in the map pops in and I'm like, oh, okay. It wasn't even that bad. Yeah. It could have used more polish, but it's like the, the groundwork is solid. Yes. It's not alpha. It's not beta. Unless it came you fall out. through the ground. Sure. Except for that. Except for the time that happened. But the delay would not have. It's it's one of those business decisions yes, you have to look at. Yeah, and be like, yeah. is the delay going to help our sales? Or is this the time of year where it's like, you look at the numbers. This is the November fucking 15th is the day yeah. you release this game. When a new movie comes out. We just had the Mandalorian hit Disney Plus. People yeah, like are talking I told, like, Star Wars. I think Wars. we talked about this day. This, this was, was a three-pronged yeah. Lucasfilm thing mm-hmm. that they're like, this is what we're doing this year. Yeah. Not to mention, like, you were even talking Star Wars Battlefront 2 recently and all the updates they're getting. Yeah, Finally, a, people were talking good go about check Battlefront out that, 2. Yeah, it's fun. I think it was there. very much a, like, this is a, a company-wide strategy outside of EA. Yeah, like you said, the Mandalorian. Because Lucasfilm and Disney are like, yes, hey, you can watch if every, anyone said we're not delaying, it's them. It's you, not EA. You can watch every <laughs> Star Wars movie now in 4K on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. The Mandalorian, like you said, the ninth movie also. I think I said that the other day. It's They they definitely couldn't have had a better time for this. Mm-hmm. And as far as Respawn is concerned, this was another, like, knockout oh huge critical success for them yeah yeah Yeah. like with apex they have not released a game under an 80 metacritic yet yeah (laughs) and i've played them all like yeah it's good for them and i hope they keep doing more stuff good like this and can't wait keep in mind again these are the people that fucking made modern warfare modern warfare 2 and modern warfare 3 so like they they know how to make blockbuster titles yep i hope with this that means that there's a team up there now that instead of diving right into fallen order 2 Maybe they get to take Titan another look at Titanfall three. Yeah, because again, if they just if they just would market Titanfall right, everything about that game is fucking cool. They yeah. literally have a game giant robots based on the universe. Yeah, of Titanfall. Like really awesome while running mechanics. Yeah, all the goodwill from Apex Legends. Imagine if they were just like, "Hey, Titanfall three is coming. Just to give you all a taste, here we dropped some fucking ape or we dropped some Titans into yep. Apex. Uh, uh, limited time mode on Apex. They're going to do that eventually, like they did with Fortnite with the battle robots thing." There, there could be a very easy way for them to drop two Titans into that ma- into that match yeah. and have people fuck around. They'd be OP as fuck. I think Respawn's in like but, a really good position right now. Oh, definitely. To, 
hope they don't fuck it up. And uh, especially with the, <laughs> this reviewing so well and people surely going out there and buying this game, yeah. I, I hope the sales are good. Oh, I can't imagine them being bad at all. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Especially, yeah, with the word of mouth and they've had some cool ads too. I caught a, one of the ads the other day <laughs> yeah. on TV. But guys, that is what's the score? That is Star Wars Fallen Order. Uh, <laughs> Andrew, I know we caught you playing uh, when we came over a little bit of Outer Worlds. You said you're almost done with that game. You got any more uh, tidbits about Outer Worlds? Anything yeah, no, I love it. Uh, out of, Wish you know, playing, that. you know, these Obsidian games, you know, between Fallout New Vegas and, and this one, this is definitely my least violent playthrough. <laughs> because, like, you know, with certain characters that you can have in your party that in- they increase your speech abilities and stats mm-hmm. and everything like that. And I fucking love it, man. Yeah. Like being able to just like a few days ago, I was able to just like there were these two warring factions on this planet, and I was able to like appease both of them and get them to settle down and just like, hey, let's sign have- the peace treaty. Yeah, exactly. And everything Lift like the blockade. Uh huh. And like even like whenever you guys first came over today, whenever I was talking, yeah, you got yourself in a little little. I got myself a little into a little, little bit of a tidbit, but I think it was either like one of those one or the other situations. Yeah. And so that was like probably the first like firefight I had like that in quite a few many hours into this game, which almost makes it feel more rewarding. It does versus yes. like a game like a fallout where it's like, oh, okay, if I'm going to go over to this house. It's going to load me into a level. I'm going to shoot a bunch of zombies. I got to run or through robots. this dungeon or yeah. Whereas, yeah. It's like, Ooh, fuck. I actually have to pull out my gun. How does this work? This is crazy. Uh-huh, yeah, exactly. But uh, I've been enjoying that a whole lot as well. Yeah. And like, I'm like right at the cusp of beating it. I think I'm like right on the final mission. Nice. But yeah, also a little bit today I streamed uh, after party. Oh which yeah. Was, yeah. Which oh, is, uh, play that a little bit there. it is. Yeah. Uh, night school's new game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also did uh, oxen free. And whenever I was looking them up today, their first game was a Mr. Robot mobile game. Yep. Did not know that. I thought that was interesting. I also got really good reviews. Oh, man. Which, speaking of, man, I just, I'm all caught up on Mr. Robot, and they had a hell of a fucking episode last night. I'm, is, it, is it still going on? Or? Yes, this is their final season. Okay. Episode seven was last night, and this is a 13-episode season, So, which I got I got freaked out a little last night because I looked it up, and like all the TV sites only have up to eight episodes listed, yeah. and they're all like, oh, eight is final. I was like, oh, my God. They only have one more episode. <laughs> and then I found another article. I was like, no, calm down, guys. It's a 13-episode season. Yeah. They said this like a year ago. I was like, oh, thank God, because I was like, I could see them tying it up, but also... I need more time. Don't with, you fucking I need more Game time with my me. Elliot Alderson <laughs> and my Darlene's and my uh, my hot FBI agent. I need I need more time with those. People. Need more of it. Need more of those characters. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, the story with After Party is it's just like you and your best friend die and go to hell, and Satan has offered this challenge to anybody who can out party him or out drink him gets this uh, second chance at life. But if you played like Oxen Free, and I'm sure maybe Mr. Robot's like this, but they're very, you know, dialogue intensive games, you know, walking sim- simulator dialogue games. Well, the clips I've seen, it literally, it's the exact same engine as Oxenfree. Like, it's yeah, except the, down it, to the speech bubbles and like yeah, the dialogue choices. And stuff. Uh, I think the, the graphics are definitely look better than Oxenfree. Just a little bit of a different art style, but like in this one, like all the humans, I swear to God, look like they were rejects from the band gorillas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, the, the, I, saw, I saw some of the, like, dialogue, I guess is what you yeah. call it. It was very nice, very playful, very funny. Yeah. Really good. That the was, music was nice too. The music is incredible. Mm-hmm. It's got So it's Fallen Order. We never said that, but the score for Fallen Order is amazing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get it. Yeah. 
Yeah, but Please even whenever so. like I first booted up after party, even just like the background music for the opening menu was just like fucking head bopping beats, man. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> I'd hope so because isn't a lot of it like set in a nightclub? Yeah, yeah. So uh-huh. yeah, you gotta have some some bumping tunes, some bangers, man. And uh, so yeah, like like with Oxen Free, you have these speech bubbles that you can determine how the conversation goes. But with this one, because again, you're beating Satan in a drinking game. There's a drinking mechanic to it. So like you'll grab a drink and say like you're getting nowhere in a conversation like that. You can like take a drink and it like, you know, you get inebriated and then you can start getting different dialogue options and like different drinks give you like different sort of personality switches. Like there's a flirty drink. There's an angry drink. You know, I'm only about an hour into it. I'm enjoying it so far. That's cool. Those uh, mechanics definitely sound interesting. There wasn't really... Outside of the couple of the puzzles you solve, I don't remember there being too many gameplay mechanics in Oxenfree, really. Like, no, so. it's just like the drinking mechanic in this one. The one in Oxenfree was like a radio that you had that you yeah, tuned into different frequencies. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's cool. That's just another level of the dialogue trees that gives you even more like replayability for it. Yeah, That's definitely. Cool. Mm-hmm. With that, I think it's time to get into some news. News. There's news. There's a a bit of news. A, a few things. Did something happen this week? XO19 <laughs> happened this week. The ah, Microsoft fan event that went down, I believe, Did in London this that? year. I watched. Well, <laughs> I tuned it in and out. It, it was like a live inside Xbox episode, which usually is just like a giant advertisement that Microsoft so does you got once to a week. Watch a bunch of people talk about shit. Yeah, it, it's it was really <laughs> funny. I saw a good tweet from I think it was Jason Schreier who was just. Watching Inside Xbox reminds me that Nintendo is just so much better at convincing you through charm that you're not really just watching a long advertisement. Yeah. Literally, Nintendo Direct is just a commercial for a bunch of games that are coming but out. it's cute. It is. It's got Inside my Xbox. So cute. Uh-huh. This whole I mean, thing on. was Don't one long commercial. Don't you want to snap along with them anytime they switch to the next yeah. thing? I do. Yeah. This is all one big <laughs> advertisement as well, and it feels like they know they're just selling you shit. So... I, I thought that was pretty apt. Yeah, it's like Nintendo it, and Sony have cut out the middlemen and Xbox just keep adding more middlemen. Yeah, they're like, oh, you want more of these people? Okay, here's like six more hosts of ex- inside Xbox. Oh, but we'll get into that in a little bit. First off, we got to talk about the the latest home console to release, the new oh. entry into our, our favorite industry that we enjoy so much. The cloud is here and it's it's raining. Oh, I thought you were talking about. It's Stadia. a little rainy. Google Stadia <laughs> has officially launched as of today, and I believe the embargo for all of the reviews and impressions and stuff for all the other people in the industry that are more important than us came out yesterday. So uh, all those impressions are beginning to come out, and it basically the long and short. If you want to skip the next fifteen minutes to talk. Is that it's exactly what we thought it was going to be? To say pretty much exactly what everybody thought. It works, but it's also like not the best way to play games. Obviously, there's a lot of room to grow. Hopefully, there are definitely things they need to fix. (laughs) It works like if you gave a monkey a typewriter, eventually he'd give you a story. Yeah, words will appear out of all the gibberish. Like he might give you. People string together words. It's better than a monkey on a typewriter. It is functional. Have you ever seen a monkey on time? I have not, actually. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty impressive. impressive. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> <laughs> so, first up, I thought I'd go ahead and detail all the things you can't do with Google Stadia <laughs> now that Let's it's just launched. Go ahead and jump in with the because negative. this was one of those instances where, for a little while now, they've been selling the world, and then you find out that actually you're, you're, be able to you're play just getting a small anywhere. piece of real estate instead of the whole world. Yeah. So, 
This is a breakdown from ArsTechnica.com. Some Google employees did an AMA on Reddit the other day, which if you are not a Redditor, it's Ask Me Anything, where people can write in questions and then people that are running the AMA can leave comments and reply. We've got a breakdown of all the things that they said we would not be getting day one. Hopefully I don't have to remind everybody what Google Stadia is, so I will pretend like you already know. You should by now if you don't go listen to our other shows. On day one, PC Google Chrome gameplay will not support 4K, HDR, or 5.1 surround sound. Those features will be added in 2020 for PC players. Now, before you get into too many of these, how many of these were like promised beginning or was that not a, I even want to thing? say they promised 4k HDR from the start well you get 4k HDR and 5.1 on Chromecast right okay. just not with, oh, and okay. I think it's just as well PC as on users. pixel phones it's just if you're using the web browser which is like when project stream first happened back in the day when uh-huh. I was playing like Assassin's Creed Odyssey through yeah. project stream even that was capped like 1080p through the web browser okay. again it's like if you opened Google Chrome and went to stadia.com and loaded up your game Right now, you don't have 4K HDR through there. That was something I didn't expect day one, mm-hmm. just because there's on Windows 10, you have so many hoops to jump through just to get like Netflix 4K. You have a whole other app you got to install. You have to have the right graphics card and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, like, if this wasn't one of those day one things that they were like spouting and, and pushing and being like, oh, look what we got. No, that's fine. This was know. one where they were just clarifying. Here's the devices that will do 4K HDR 5.1 okay. because that was one of the things. That's where Pro comes in, is that if you're paying for Stadia Pro, the $10 a month sub, that's what unlocks 4K for you. So this is just a clarification. Hey, if you're on Chromecast, the one that we come with your Founders Bundle, or if you're on your phone, 4K will work there, just not on the browser right now. But it also clarifies it's coming in 2020, which most of these features apparently are. Stream Connect, which was another one of the neater features that they were talking about. This one allows players' Stadia viewpoint to be integrated with another player's stream, this will not be available at launch. So that's like they showed a couple of things where imagine you're playing like a four person match like back in the day where you're doing like split screen and stuff. Yeah. They had a feature where you could do it like online couch co-op. So you could have your screen up in the top left corner, my screen up in the top right with one stadia or with like, well, everybody would have stadia, but again, cause stadia it's all through oh, the, right now. It's yeah, only yeah, Chromecast, sorry, sorry, but yeah. it's like, you would be able to see your screen along with the people you're playing with. Screen. Yeah. It'd be like, if you were playing so Halo split like screen long, in your yeah. living room, huh. I'm top, your bottom or whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you could have that same experience on there. So like, if you're playing like Mario Kart or whatever, not on stadia, obviously it's right, a Nintendo right. game, but as an example, a racing game, you could see all four people. Not right now. That's not happening until apparently sometime at the end of this year. They're yeah, because it the, said the they first, said the first game to use it will is expected to launch by the end of the year. Right. Which I don't see any of the games. Have they announced what that game is? No, I don't think so. Right. Only one I can think of is Grid. That's the only racing game really. And Grid is doing some neat things where they were saying that it's not a stadium. It's not exclusive. Right. It's on other platforms. Grid will have a forty-player race mode. It is only going to be on the Stadia version oh. and not on PS4 or Xbox One. They're modern warfaring it. Yeah. Well, allegedly it's because all the processing has been done doing server side or whatever. The, the other consoles can't do it with their matchmaking. Oh, man. I don't so know how much I buy into that. all 40 people but with the Stadia right now can Yeah, hopefully play all 40 of them are playing Grid all at the same time and they can have an exclusive <laughs> mode of each other. Yeah. State share is not going to be up there and neither is crossplay. So state share was the one where you could share save files with like a link, I can send you just a, a link on a text message or whatever, and you can open up that save link and be in the same spot that I was oh, that's in neat. the game. But it's, it's kind of like save be. files from back in the day. Yeah, That's not actually happening right now. Crowdplay, which is the one that lets people jump in to multiplayer through a YouTube stream. So 
I'm streaming a fighting game, like say I'm streaming Mortal Kombat 11, right? And you have my YouTube link. You can jump in and be my opponent through YouTube. That was a feature that they said was happening at some point, but not right now. Those two are coming next year. Google Assistant is included with Stadia, but the integration right now is limited to the ability to turn on and off the TV or start a game. So it's not anything like the assistant on your phone where it actually does useful things. So it's a power button. It's a yes. power button. Yeah, it's, well, it's a, vo- a vocal power button. You don't get to click. There's no textile response there. You, you just say it and hope it hears you. Right. Family sharing, which is on every console right now and every phone, is the whole setup where you can say, Ethan's my brother. We're on our family account together so we can use each other's games. Oh, okay. That's not allowed right now. If you, the quote said, is not supported on day one, so you'll have to buy games for your child's account. The feature is planned for addition early next year. <laughs> so right now, you have to buy two Chromecast Ultras and then buy separate games on your child's account because the family sharing is apparently not working. There's no Stadia UI for achievements or achievement notifications right now, but if you happen to perform an in-game feat that would earn you an achievement, it will show up when the feature's rolled out shortly after launch. I'm sure that won't have any hiccups So you just have to that trust that it's unlocking correctly, and then, yeah, one day that feature will get updated, You'll boom, you'll have a bunch of... Oh, I'm sure achievements. you'll have every trophy that you should have without any problems Yeah, but I'm going to be writing them down. I'm going to have a checklist. I'm going to compare to like what these games are on other platforms. The Chromecast Ultra units included in the Founders and Premiere bundles are the only ones that work with Stadia on day one. If you already had a Chromecast Ultra, you have to wait until an over-the-air update is released sometime after launch. Wow. So if you bought a Premiere Edition or whatever and you wanted to play in another room, you'd have to unplug that Chromecast, take it to the other room with you. Your other one will not work. Ouch. Hopefully that happens pretty soon because that was kind of silly. Yeah. There's a whole Buddy Pass thing, which lets the early adopters offer a three-month Stadia Pro trial to a friend. Oh, that would be nice. Well, it would be, except that you don't have a controller <laughs> or a Chromecast Ultra to use with it right now, and they aren't selling them individually. So at, at some point in about two weeks, you should be getting codes, barring some unknown unknowns popping up, <laughs> as they say. Currently, your phone is needed for initial setup and buying games. So there's no Chromecast there's no store or browser the... interface. So there is a store. It just doesn't do anything yet. And so apparently, you can just like look at games. You just yeah, window you shop on there. You can see what's on the store, but also apparently those prices are not accurate because they were because <laughs> they were saying that these prices were going to change and there was going to be discounts for pro users or whatever. Yeah. Kind of like if you have PS Plus, you get certain discounts sometimes. Yeah. So those prices are not final, but it doesn't matter because you can't. You can only buy them through your phone. And so when you get this thing, you have your Chromecast Ultra, which you have to set up through the phone app. Yeah. And then you have to log in and set up Stadia separately from that on your phone and then use that as an intermediary to buy your games and do everything. So that seems like some seems unnecessary a little Nintendo piece shit. Of hardware. Oh man. Okay. So I was told you all this on Slack. So I was watching the quick look that giant bomb did with their Stadia. And one of the games that they were given a code to was just dance 2020. Yeah. So they go in, they open up just dance 2020 and you have to log in with a Ubisoft account, which is not what you have to do on the console versions. I think it's just attached to your PlayStation network right. or whatever. Okay or Xbox account. So you log into that. So he has to go and dig out his Ubisoft information. (laughs) After he does that, the next screen says, Oh, okay. So on your phone, you have to have a phone. That's like your detector for your dance moves or whatever (laughs) that you need is like a second screen experience kind of thing. So you can't like use your controller or anything? No, because just dance, it's like a motion thing. Like you're moving well, around. I and figured dancing. like the controller would have like a motion detector. I don't know because like. I think it's like any other gamepad. I don't think there's a gyroscope or oh, okay. GPS or anything. I don't know how just dance works. I right. didn't know this was a thing. Okay. What he pointed out was that so if you were playing Just Dance 2020 mobile on your phone, you would need a second phone. <laughs> 
to use oh, to play the games. I assume that uses the camera on the phone to I have track your No idea. Your I don't know anything about Just what, Dance, but I think that's Just Dance. It was does. like you can't play on the same display sure, yeah, that you, you need, need to the, use yeah, for yeah. the game. So that's funny. Uh, as previously discussed, mobile support will be limited to Google Pixel phones for Chrome or and Chrome OS tablets at launch. A timeline for general iOS and Android support is still to be determined, but Pixel will likely be the only mobile support platform this year. According to the AMA, uh, Google says it wants Stadia to run on every screen eventually. As previously mentioned, I think we talked about this on another podcast, the Stadia's controller's wireless functions will only work with the Chromecast Ultra at launch. To use the controller with a phone or tablet, you'll need to plug it in with a USB-C cable. Generic USB controllers will also work with Stadia on PC or phones, but not on Chromecast. So... If you want to use your Xbox controller, you have to play through the web browser or your phone, but you can't use it on the on the Chromecast, whereas on the Chromecast, you can only use the, the actual Google Stadia controller, but you can't use that Stadia controller on the other devices. <laughs> That's uh, fucking ridiculous. And then this last one was about the number of launch titles, but at the last minute, they changed the amount of launch titles, which speaking of, I guess we didn't technically talk about that. So last week, we talked about how Stadia was getting yes. only 12 launch games. They expanded that list to 22 games. So the ones that were originally just supposed to come by the end of 2019 that have now been pushed to launch day were Attack on Titan Final Battle 2, Farming Simulator 2019, Final Fantasy 15, Football Manager 2020, Grid, Metro Exodus, NBA 2K20, Rage 2, Trials Rising, and Wolfenstein Youngblood. So those all come out alongside the games we talked about last week. And then also they announced that Samurai Showdown would also be a free game for Stadia Pro subscribers. So you get that along with Destiny 2, the collection, which includes everything in Destiny 2 up to Forsaken, but not Shadowkeep. Those are your freebies. If you have Stadia Pro today, if you actually, if, if you somehow you are it. a person who has Stadia, let us know how Contact all us. Your yeah. stars <laughs> aligned and you can actually play it. I will pay for your gas money to bring you out to like record an extra episode. I would love we to hear some actual impressions. Our last little bit of Stadia coverage is going to go over Eurogamer's review, just a couple of pieces of information from them. These are the digital foundry guys that do all of the really nitty-gritty tech breakdowns and comparisons of games on different platforms. Their initial testing revealed a few interesting things. Yeah, I'm interested to see what they have to say. Their general review was just that, again, a lot of what other people were saying, that it works. They had some issues with video quality dropping a little bit even though they were working on a 200 megabits per second connection, which yeah. is well past what they recommend for 4K on Stadia Pro. They were playing a few games because one of the big pitches for Stadia was that the box that's running on the server is more powerful than an Xbox One X as far yeah, as what I, it can achieve. Yeah. Just the specs were better, that this was going to help them deliver 4K 60 frames per second games, except for some instances where for cinematic effect or whatever, or artistic reasons, the developer could choose, just like on consoles, they could choose to target 30 FPS and instead improve like the visual fidelity and stuff. We say that all the time with like, especially the pro consoles where even fall in order, you could run it in the quality mode or drop to the performance yeah, mode which for one better of those frame should rates. I be using quality anyway. quality. The performance mode is not a solid 60 FPS. It's like between it's like God of War where it's oh, like 40 thought, to 60 I thought performance was the opposite where it lowered the frame rate and lowered the, the resolution. So the game no, would run smoother. Per, no, it it does. No, increasing the frame rate is what makes things run smoother. Oh, so it lowers the resolution to make the frame rate higher. Oh, 
Whereas Scott. quality <laughs> is sacrificing frame rate to make it. And look quality is the default mode, right? Yes. Okay. I would say definitely stick to quality because I will have to again, check what I'm on. Right it's now. not I can't a remember. solid 60 FPS. So it's still, it doesn't feel smooth because it's constantly jumping back and forth. Whereas at least at 30, it's a steady hmm. locked frame rate for the most part outside of drops. Yeah. But some of the games that came out that people were specifically interested in, like one of them was Red Dead Redemption 2. They just had their PC launch that mm-hmm. kind of went a little iffy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, great. Yeah, they'll get it. That's fine. That is one of the games that instead <laughs> of instead of it running at 4K 60 frames per second, Red Dead Redemption Two is running at 1440p at 30 frames per second. Damn. So I don't know what that means. Sorry. I mean, it's the, like half the performance of what they promised, basically. Xbox One X runs this game in a native 4K. Oh, it's supposed to be there. It's supposed to be 4K. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it's running it. Yeah, because this is got a it, got box it, it. that's more powerful than Xbox One mm-hmm. X by a, a significant margin, and it's running just over half the resolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's in between the PS4 Pro and Xbox One X versions mm-hmm. at the same frame rate. Now, that's if you're running it on a Chromecast Ultra. If you play it from the web browser. The game only runs at 1080p, but then it runs it to 60 frames per second. A solid 60 or a couple drops, but it's in general it's pretty, 60 frames per second. It's pretty good, yeah. And they're saying that some of the drops might actually just be the typical like latency. It could mm-hmm. be a frame drop because of the network, not necessarily rendering the game. But that's not an option that's exposed to the right. user. You can't go to your Chromecast Ultra and say, hey, I'd like to play the performance mode. Right. Like a switch in the game or whatever. It's just an automatic what it does. Another one is Destiny 2. It's running at 1080p instead of 4K. Which it's running at higher than 1080p on PS4. Yeah, Pro. They, they've kind of it's kind of, it's running at like 1440p yeah, with like mm-hmm. a it's like dynamic resolution scaling and checkerboard rendering to get there or whatever. So and then even close on, to 4K native on Xbox One X. This is what it's running at like on Chromecast Ultra. Chromecast Ultra or the web browser. It never runs above 1080p. Fuck. On settings that seem to be similar to the medium settings on PC. Jesus. So even the visual, like the texture quality and yeah. the model quality and stuff, is lower than what would be Damn. on the Xbox one X there as well, but it's targeting 60 frames per second on destiny Two, So double the frame rate of the consoles, but much lower visual quality. Yeah. And of course these, these are choices the developer makes. This is not a stadia thing. It's whoever sent the code for the game to okay. stadia. So they can experience it. They chose, Hey, we least, want it running at yeah. 60 FPS. So those are development side issues. Now, whether or not that's a limitation of the tools they have, I don't know, but kind of weird because the, the pit, this yeah. is the thing they're pitching. Hey, pay for $10 a month pro and you get 4k 60 FPS where technically the video feed you're getting is 4k 60, but the games are rendering at a much lower resolution. And again, frame rates in some cases. Now, what was particularly interesting in the digital foundry review that they're writing is of course they've tested the latency too. And latency is the big thing that people have been worried about with stadia because it's streaming video and you're streaming your inputs like your button presses has to go to a server. You want a higher low latency. You want as low as possible. Just like your ping. The lower the better. Exactly like your ping. A ping is the latency of what you're receiving <laughs> from the web server that you're communicating with. I know with. what I'm talking about. Who says I did? Yeah, you do. You're at G- me. Fucking <laughs> IT professional Ethan Newbolt over here. If Andrew can work in an IT position, Ethan, you got it. You got what it takes. Okay. I mean, you, <laughs> you know your pings. It. Can you install Adobe Reader? I you think you can figure that out. I can do it. You <laughs> got it, dude. I can use Google. <laughs> Submit your application. What they had noted on here was that Destiny 2, even though it's running at double the frame rate on Stadia, still has more input latency than the console versions running at half the frame rate. So basically that so frame it, rate means nothing. It yeah. feels smoother to play the game on an Xbox or a PS4 than it does on Stadia. And all of these games fit around the same place. 
it's basically what everyone said it was going to be. It's about 40 to 60 milliseconds of additional latency on top of the input lag that the game would have naturally. Like one of the games is Shadow of the Tomb Raider. It naturally, it just has because of some kinks in the engine, some input latency when playing on console. Yeah. It's just already there. But on but top now of it's that, even now more you, noticeable. Exactly. You have an additional 56 milliseconds of latency here. Yeah. And that's at 60 FPS. So basically what those numbers mean is to get one frame at 60 FPS, it takes 13.3 milliseconds to render and display that frame so that it's a smooth 60. That's how you know you're not getting frame rate drops. This has 56 milliseconds of extra latency, which comes out to almost four frames of video before you even consider the internal input lag for the game. So you press a button and it takes four yeah. frames plus probably another three from the native game. So you need to jump before you jump. These are a lot of numbers. <laughs> yeah, but it basically it's just it's what Hope we you're thought not playing it was anything be. too technically intensive. None of this means that it's like a game breaker, but it's two weeks ago. There was a Google engineer talking at this fucking interview where he's got to be talking out of his ass well now we like, know he is we're aiming for negative latency yeah that in the future I I did read google that. stadia yeah. will be so fast that it will have less latency than playing it natively on your hardware it will know when you want to jump before you know you need exactly to jump. Yeah. <laughs> they're like we're going to be predicting your move it's all bullshit They've been talking about so much bullshit leading up to this. That was what I was saying. The most exciting part of all this was me finally seeing the fucking raw numbers. Yeah. And they say what we all thought or what, what I thought yeah. and what I've been telling you guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but so some weird kinks with how the games are running. Uh, the latency is about what people expected. But just the weirdest part is that they're pushing this 4K HDR thing only for us to find out that they're running worse than they are on that console that you have in your living room. Probably if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably got either a PS4 or an Xbox in your home. Yeah. You know, where you somewhere. have more than 22 games you can play. Yeah. And that's the other thing too. Yeah. Who's buying this and saying, I'm, I'm done with my old ecosystem. I really want to play guilt. I'm going to, yeah. <laughs> like I want to play mortal Kombat 11. I'm a, I'm big into fighters. I've been playing this game for a year now. <laughs> yeah. But I really want to play it on my hotel Wi-Fi oh and God. I'm super competitive and I'm going to go spend $60 on Mortal Kombat 11 on this new store where I lose all the progression I had before because there's no cross save or cross play or anything. It was so funny because one of the things that they were talking about in the quick look was they were going through the list of features that weren't coming and Jeff heard the stream link that we talked about where you'd be able to jump into someone else's stream or whatever. They misheard it as steam link. And got really excited that there was going to be a host of games that like, oh, you own it on Steam already. We'll give you the Stadia copy. Yeah. And so all of a sudden you see their eyes light up like, oh, maybe the Stadia is not too bad. That's really cool. They're doing that. I can bring my that makes sense. I can bring my games over yeah. and like not lose my progress. And then at the because at the beginning of the video, he's like, oh, hey, later on in the video, we talk about this stream link <laughs> thing that we thought meant Steam link. Yeah. Have that in mind when you're watching the, <laughs> the quick look because <laughs> it's basically just like it soured their whole view on the thing. Yep. The more and more that like the, the thing's out now and I just don't know who it's for. I really, really don't know. Yeah, because who's going to like, especially like if you're looking into like get into games for the first time, like, yeah, this is the worst thing to, to try. Yeah. Why would you pay for the monthly $10 a month thing to get 4K HDR? Mm hmm. 
do you even have a 4K TV? Right. If you do. Yeah, because if like if you're trying to. Why like, wouldn't you already own an Xbox One X or right? a PC if you have a 4K television to pair with it? It's for the traveling businessman, man. You know? Yeah, to hook up to the <laughs> shitty 1080p flat screen in their hotel lot or hotel somewhere. I mean, actually, a lot of a lot of nice hotels actually have really good TVs in them now. I'm sure they're great. Yeah. How good's their internet? That that's the they thing got the, is you pay for the premium VIP internet yeah. connection that still only works half the time. Yeah. And I mean, I just, there there are places where you can, you know, bitch at the front desk and they'll come and boost your internet or whatever. You really know what you're talking about. You sound like you need it. But yeah, that's instances that are far and few between. And again, perfect settings. Like yeah. everything has aligned in magic order and you are just. But even it, now we know you don't even need to be paying for the Stadia Pro 4K stream because half the games are running in 1080p. Yeah. Like you said, yeah. So I don't it's like, know. Well, now I just want the free one. I don't know who this was, who this is for. And informed people why would you yeah yeah i'm just waiting for the one person that bought it in the midwest you know to get his copy oh, and just well, like one of the least favorable reviews from all the sites that are coming out yeah was this person who was working for i think it was waypoint but they live in ohio yeah exactly and they couldn't even get it set up for like the first day like they had they, he is on the phone with google technicians and stuff he's like I'm trying to like get the like start playing these games so I can start working on my review or whatever. They can't even like the it's just not even fucking connecting because he's he's got like 50 megabits per second internet. Yeah, but the ping is probably not great because you got to remember all their servers are in California. Yeah, so the further you are from California, the less likely you are to have a strong enough ping because you could have gigabit internet. But ping, which right. Ethan so eloquently explained to us before, because I know what that is, is how quickly you can talk to the server. Yeah. So you could have the fastest internet connection in the world if it takes a hundred milliseconds, two hundred milliseconds to talk to that <laughs> server, and then two hundred for them to talk back to you. Doesn't matter how fast that connection is once it gets going. That's four hundred milliseconds between your input and what happens on the server. But yeah, most of the reviews that are coming out are from people that like some of these outlets. They're all based in like San Francisco, yeah. and exactly. Stuff, yeah. And they happen to be the ones that are like, oh yeah, you know, it's working really. Feels good to me. Blah, 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 blah. Well, can you even imagine? Yeah, like because you said he's got like fifty megabit internet in Ohio, and we were talking about how even at like two hundred megabits, like the Google still adds latency onto it. Can you even imagine if he if he gets it up, what the latency would even be like? I hope he can get it up. Yeah, I hope like, he can get it up, and I hope he can stay up. On a subway. Am I getting this up? Oh, no. I don't think so. <laughs> Phone calls dropping. Yeah, exactly. And it would be great if it, again, in the future, and we talk about this before too, someone has to make this first step. Yes. Yeah. This is, I yeah. think a lot of the issues people are going to start having with this is that it, it was not sold as a beta or a, an early access. Yeah, they were saying this is the it, next step. They're selling it as a premium product, and then in the days leading up to release, here's all the things you can't actually do yet, but you'll be able to do eventually. Right. And so it just depends on if you're the zealot already that is like, that really, you know, you're in it to win it. You don't care what they tell you. But if you're not, this isn't for you yet. I don't know when it will be. Yeah, it's... Do you but, think this is just Google Glasses too? I don't know. Like, that's the thing. Like, I, nice. It seems like there's a <laughs> lot of investment in here, but I mean, I don't know. I've never seen the numbers between how much R&D was on Google Glass. But then also, that's the thing that like as consumers, we can't buy it now. Yeah, but it's very, it but is they, something that they use. In, they like, did find uh, a niche for Google Glass. Yeah, there's yeah. an enterprise version of it where it's still used in a lot of different industries. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah it's just oh, okay. not the it's, smartphone connected yeah, it's very thing. very specific. Yeah. yeah. 
But what specific application are you going to find for streaming video games from the cloud in another industry? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Titanfall VR. Can we just can we get that? Sorry. Can we get Titanfall <laughs> VR? I thought about it earlier and I forgot, but now game I remember. Game streaming is dead. Long live VR. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Stadia is out. I'm sure there will be more stories and more news coming out. Now. Yes, definitely. This is, this is not the last we'll hear about this. I'm, I'm sure. shit talking it. I don't believe in it. I don't want it. I'm not going to buy it. But this is the next big platform. This is Google officially stepping in and saying, hey, this is our console. This yeah. is our slice of the pie. Give them time. So things will be happening. We'll yeah. If in a year from now we are having the podcast where we talk about more. the death of Stadia, Two years then maybe. we'll have that. If it maybe it's a great success, maybe the zero latency. Maybe they is hit real. their stride somewhere. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. That's Google Stadia. Next up, Ethan's favorite game. Can't get enough of it. Is getting a complete overhaul. <laughs> Bioware is planning to change things up quite a bit for Anthem. This is from Jason Schreier over at Kotaku.com. Didn't, didn't they already? Do an overhaul. Yeah. <laughs> no, so remember <laughs> what we talked about before was basically they were like, we're cleaning the slate of they what we said map, was coming. Then they got rid of that yeah. roadmap. Yeah. Then we had another roadmap. They haven't had a full blown, like, <laughs> the way he's talking about it right now in this article, it's sounding more like a Final Fantasy 14, a Realm Reborn type of overhaul. Oh, they'll never get it as good as they did it. Oh, I mean, who knows? You know, who knows? People still talk about those final hours. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. I know. I'm just saying. This is what he, this is what we got from Jason Schreier over at Kotaku. Recent silence and a couple of high-profile departures from BioWare, which we talked about recently on our last few podcasts, have led fans and pundits to speculate that the studio has abandoned its most recent game, Anthem, but the opposite is true. For the last few months, BioWare and parent company EA have been planning an overhaul of the online shooter, according to three people familiar with those plans. Some call it Anthem 2.0 or Anthem Next. Many of the details are still in flux, and there's no clear timeline for the Anthem Next project just yet. In fact, from what I've heard, the developers at BioWare haven't even decided how it'll be distributed. They're still figuring out whether updates should be released all at once or over an extended period of time. Anthem could be overhauled through a series of updates, a la No Man's Sky. It could get a game-changing expansion like Destiny's critically acclaimed Taken King. Most of Anthem's biggest systems, its mission structure, its loot, and its world will change drastically, but the developers have not yet figured out exactly what that will look like. They're even considering releasing Anthem Next as a brand new game, although those who work on the project said that could take a lot of forms, and it's unlikely they would charge full price to the Anthem players. I would hope not. That would, yeah. How big of a slap in the face would that be? You can get Anthem 2 and still play with people on Anthem. The one thing that is for sure is that Bioware has not abandoned Anthem. Quote, we spent a few months just tearing it down and figuring out what needed to change fundamentally, which is a lot, said one person on the project. And we've been rebuilding for another few months since. A representative for EA declined to comment on the story. Anthem, which launched in February of 2019, was a big change for Bioware. The studio made its name on heavy role-playing games like Dragon Age and Mass Effect, so fans were surprised when they saw Bioware trying to take on the likes of Destiny with an online shooter. Thanks to a messy development process, plagued with technical issues, vision struggles, and many other stresses, the game flopped. It was buggy, tedious, and lacked the long-term appeal of its competitors. Now, he says it flopped, but keep in mind that it is the ninth best-selling game in the U.S. for 2019. Jesus, is it really? There was a lot of hype behind it. Yeah, there was good marketing in there. There is another little tidbit down here at the bottom. Bioware, meanwhile, is still invested in role-playing games. In addition to the much-anticipated Dragon Age 4, which Bioware teased last year, a new Mass Effect game is in early development at the Edmonton office under director Mike Gamble, a longtime Bioware producer. 
So that was fucking exciting, that last little bit. Yeah. I'm very interested to see. Andromeda 2. Honestly, I hope it is Andromeda 2. I know that is a game that not a lot of people played. It kind of got memed to death before it came out. Yeah. I actually played it very close to release, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. It's easily the weakest Mass Effect game, but... Even though it's the worst Mass Effect game, it was still better than a lot of games that came out that year. And I think it would it just got it it was internet outrage culture and yeah, too many jokes and issues yeah. with the animations and stuff. That game fully patched is very fun. And again, that's more patches than I had when I played it. Yeah. And I enjoyed the shit out of it. I came close to platinuming it. I'm missing like online multiplayer trophies and that's it. I could totally get them in like 10 minutes if I wanted to. I was talking to David about multiple games today and we were talking about bad games at one point and I poked fun at Anthem a little bit, but he actually brought up Anthem and all the Mass Effects, including Andromeda. He gives. There are people that enjoy both of those titles still. Like they're oh, yeah, out they're, there. There's people playing Anthem for sure. This IP with Anthem is actually really cool and really good. It's mm -hmm. just they executed it poorly. Yeah. So they're sitting on a solid, really cool idea, mm -hmm. and they just need to find a better way to sell it to us. Yeah, I, I think we talked about that not long ago because supposedly this next act is coming out soon, mm -hmm. and and I made the comment where I was like, what they need to do is either delay or scrap the episodes and really like just hat in hand, say this is what we're doing, <laughs> and then just go to work. Yeah. And then a week later, we found out that that was, exactly, that was when they were like, we're clearing our roadmap and we're going back to the drawing board and we're going to fix loot and all that and, stuff. And to the like... Should it be one big drop and change the whole game or should it be like a continuous slow, you know, fix of things here and there like they did with 14? As long as the community sees you're working on it and making strides to improve it, they'll follow you. Yeah, they will trust you if what you're doing is is good and it pleases them and it brings the game into a better position than it was, which I mean, with this thing, you can't go any, you know, you've hit rock bottom. Sure. The only way to go is up. I think the issue is that maybe unlike even Square Enix at the time of everything that was going wrong with Final Fantasy, that was 14, a Hail Mary. It was. But Square Enix in general had not lost a lot of trust. The 13 no, series was incredibly popular and doing well at the time outside of 15, just getting constantly delayed and stuff. But like Square Enix as a company has been well, fairly was, solid was way before 11. Wait, what do you mean with 11? 11 is the one that they redid. No, 14 is the one that they redid no, with the Realm Reborn. It was 11. They what? shut down the servers of 11 and turned it into 14. Final Fantasy 11 is on today. Yeah, but it's... the it's, What are we talking about? That is exactly what happened. 11, they shut down the servers and they turned it into 14. I got no idea a what Realm Reborn. going on about. I can't tell if you're making a joke or not. No, this is really what happened. Final Fantasy 14 was launched as Final Fantasy 14. Yeah, uh, yeah. Then the servers were shut down for 14 and turned into a realm reborn. Didn't 11 turn into 14? No. Though? 11 is an entirely <laughs> like, separate yeah. game. 14 was 11 is learning today. 14 was the one that was turned off and people it went into beta and I can't believe I mean, you're I watched mixing the this same up right documentary now. that you did. Uh, you're mistaken huh. 100%. That's weird that you're having that. You should rewatch that documentary because you're sober these I've, days. I've talked to most people <laughs> about 11, though. 11 was the basis for that game. Absolutely not. 11 is so different from 14. Yeah, because but they not made because all they remade those, it. I'd, I, I want you to look it up, but that's... Do you think... Fun, oh, I mean, no, no, that's what, we can move on. We'll have to save it some other time, yeah. and I'll, I'll tell yeah. you. But no, that's not what happened. Final they, Fantasy 14 and 11 existed concurrently. Like right. at the same time. No, they because they, again the Dalamud was in the sky for eleven and they shut it down. That and was then Final that, Fantasy fourteen. 
Okay, I guess we'll have to we'll look into it later. But I'm I'm pretty confident. I know you are, but this is one of those moments. I'll, I'll, okay. Anyway, uh, I hope that's what happens with Anthem. I hope that there's a moment where they can make that transition. But I don't think that Bioware has that trust anymore. Really, is what it comes down to between how Andromeda was received, which, like I said, I thought was better than it was, but a lot of the community rejected it. Between Dragon Age Inquisition being okay, but kind of a dumbed down version of the previous Dragon Age games. I don't know if they're in the same position as Square Enix, which like on a grander scale, they have so many more projects and stuff going on that when they say, oh, we're going to put money into fixing this thing, it means that they can do it. Yeah. I don't know that I believe that Bioware, the people that made this game and screwed it up, suddenly know what to do. Like even Jason even says now, they don't know how they're going to do this change. They don't know if it's going to be a sequel or but if they're it's trying just going to be a revamp. Yeah. They're just, yeah, they're just. They're like they've <laughs> gone back to the drawing out of board. A hat. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, what's gonna work with this? But yeah, Anthem's still alive, basically, though, is what they're saying. It's good to at least get confirmation that it's not being abandoned. That's a big deal. They, yeah. Like they are coming out and People saying People were this. excited about this and then at least yeah. they're, you know, trying to appease those fans. Exactly. Yeah. So good luck to them. I'm hopeful for the fans. The next piece of news is quite big though. The first of Valve's three VR titles that are in development, Half Life Alex will be revealed this Thursday. This is the first entry into the Half-Life series since the release of Half-Life 2, Episode 2 in 2007, and is said to be a full-length release. The announcement has not technically happened. It was like an announcement of an announcement. Okay, okay. So the rumor is that, because on Thursday, they're actually reviewing the game proper, but I think it's going to be one of those things where it's like a short teaser or something, Yeah. and then they're going to be like, tune into the Game Awards to see more of like what's going on with this game. So was Alex, that's like, your like, Alex is like the, your sidekick. Yeah. She's a main character in half-life two. She's the daughter of, I can't think of the guy's name, but like basically the main buddy scientist in oh, the first half. Right. Okay. And this is just huge. Cause like I said, we have not had a half-life game since 2007. It's been over a decade. Yeah. It's one of those things where we, most people, there's still the joke of, Oh, is half-life three ever coming out kind of yeah. thing. But most people have kind of come to terms with like valve just being done with half-life because like the, the lead writer that make working on one. it. Yeah. yeah. Didn't abandon it. For those that don't know, half-life two episode one and episode two were part of a, what was going to be a three part series that would conclude with episode three, which never happened. And then, of course, we never got a Half-Life 3 oh, it's from them either. It's coming. <laughs> but what we do know is Half-Life Alex is actually a real thing. This is a, the first VR title that Valve is releasing proper. Of course, they put out their Index headset not long ago. Yep. This is not going to be exclusive to that. But this is, this is a big deal because, I mean, Valve... <sighs> I mean, Half-Life is one, was one of the biggest IPs in the world for quite a while. Absolutely, And it was the really the defining moment for the first person shooter that showed that they didn't have to just be corridor shooters. Yes. That it could be a game that has a story that has storytelling, has memorable characters. Substance. Yeah. Substance. Exactly. It, a lot changed with that whole genre when a Half-Life 2 came out mm -hmm. and a lot of people, well, even the first Half-Life, I mean, it was one of those rare examples of like just that huge. It looks like the sequel. It looks like, Hey, we went from one generation and now we're here. I remember. Yeah. Watching when like half-life two was announced, you know, watching the, the demos for it and everything, you know, whenever you first get on like the train and you're yeah. going through like the dystopian future and everything. And I was just like blown away. Oh yeah. yeah. That whole opening sequence is still fucking awesome, but this is a big deal. Like, especially for the PC gaming community, this is one of those things where it's just like, 
everything's being dropped until Thursday when we hear more about this. Yeah, and this the, will sell VR headsets, I guarantee. Yeah, you. and the cool thing about this is, is it's it's like it's gonna be a full fledged game. This isn't yeah. just like, hey, this is Half Life Alex the experience. Yeah, you know, they're, that, they're saying so far that this is a quote full length release. Which to me, I mean, you know, 10, 15, 20 hours, something like that. Yeah. Right. I could imagine like the length of like a resident evil seven, right? Something like that. But also the fact that this is Val like, this is not coming out as a game where it's like, Oh, it has a VR mode. This, this is, is valve developing a VR yeah. title. And for all the shit I would give them for like not really developing games anymore. Mm. Like they mostly just, they develop steam. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> they kind don't of really bold make of them to like take this to the next, you know, hopefully yeah. future of gaming. If you they're know? finally doing it's something with step, if they're doing something with the half-life IP and it's a product and they're calling it full length and it's getting this kind of reveal hype and everything, this is very exciting for a lot of people, myself included. So <laughs> Uh, I will be definitely looking forward to that on Thursday. Hopefully we'll have a decent amount of news about it next week. Yeah. When we actually hear what the game is about or see anything about it other than a picture that says it's coming, <laughs> but it was worth mentioning because yeah, like half-life is coming. It's not half-life three, but it is a new half-life, it, game. but it's a half-life game. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. no, it's introducing a new generation to half-life. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. <laughs> In a new way. If this does good, this might be what makes Papa buy a rift. That's all I'm saying. Jeez. I, I hey, might man. make the jump to PC this is, VR. This is, this is just the start to what we're all looking forward to. Yeah, Half-Life 4. Portal 3. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <It's laughs> Dude. Can you imagine VR Portal in Portal? Yes. Fucking oh. shit my pants, rub it on my face. You know what Only I'm saying? Only if they do it right. That would be fucking Goddamn. awesome. Next up, still more VR talk or lack thereof. After receiving the Accenture VR Lifetime Achievement Award just last week, John Carmack is leaving his role at Oculus. <laughs> hmm. Leave while you're on top, I guess. Yeah. Well, like he was saying, he he's not happy with the fact that he's on top. He's kind of bummed out that like the first person to get the VR Achievement Award still sees so many issues to be solved, but apparently he's done trying to be the one to do it. This is from John Carmack's <laughs> post on Facebook.com. Starting this week, I'm moving to a consulting CTO position with Oculus. I will still have a voice in the development work, but it will only be consuming a modest slice of my time. As for what I am going to be doing with the rest of my time, when I think back over everything I have done across games, aerospace, and VR, I have always felt that I had at least a vague line of sight to the solutions, even if they were unconventional or unproven. I have sometimes wondered how I would fare with a problem where the solution really isn't in sight. I decided that I should give it a try before I get too old. I'm going to work on artificial general intelligence. I think it is possible, enormously valuable, and that I have a non-negligible chance of making a difference there. So by a Pascal's mugging of sort of logic, I should be working on it. For the time being, at least, I am going to be a going about it Victorian gentleman scientist style, pursuing my inquiries from home and drafting my son into the work. Runner-up for the next project was cost-effective nuclear fission reactors, which wouldn't have been as suitable for that style of work. Smiley face. <laughs> Robots? So this man's going to develop Skynet, and I'm Robots? legitimately frightened. Yes, because I if know, anyone right? can crack AI, it's, it's going to be fucking John Carmack. <laughs> and for people that don't, it's just artificial got him general intelligence is up. like the section of AI that is like looking to dis like build consciousness and like actually create something on the level of human intelligence to like so, anticipate what you're thinking. I've never wanted to be a prepper before, but I'm thinking now's a good time to start looking into it. <laughs> really Lord. getting into nitty gritty. What do I need to survive? Did for no one like second guess John of just being like, hold on. Is this what you want to do? Are you I sure like this is the right like, decision? It was between this or working on nuclear fission reactors. Right. That's the kind of guy that we're dealing with here. <laughs> so, uh, 
But I thought that was interesting that, yeah, he gets the Lifetime Achievement Award in a field, and he's like, all right, deuces, I'm out of here. Time <laughs> I'm to gonna go. go make sentient robots. It's time to go build Skynet. So that's the last piece of news for our, our main chunk of the show. Everything else we're going to be talking about is from the XO19 showcase that Microsoft had. Xbox 19, the this, show that wasn't week. really that great. Yeah, it was weird. I was definitely to the point where I was like, I'm just going to stop watching this and watch all the trailers after they're done. Yep. Two yeah. and a half hours of people talking. What's yeah, and two especially and a half for hours? all the trailers. Right, like I got, done, I got done with yeah. all those trailers today in maybe about 20 minutes. Yeah, there was a lot of fluff. That seems like a lot of filler. Yeah. <laughs> so we're just going to run through these. We probably won't have too much to say on a lot of them, but if you are interested, definitely go look up some of these trailers. First thing they showed was a new trailer from Bleeding Edge, which is Ninja Theory's new game. It's kind of like a character trailer. We see some some of the main well protagonists. This is the four v four arena style. Yeah, it's melee like, combat. Uh huh. It's like a shooter, but more punching. Yes, exactly. Hitting with weapons and but stuff. They're still going to be I shooting say that people. Yeah, they call it melee, but yeah, there's a couple characters that have projectile weapons. Yes, but they also revealed that this game would be coming on March 24th. The character didn't really get me anywhere excited for the game. I do like how much character is in like in these characters as yeah. far as like they do all seem different like looking at them i'm not like oh that's the pharah from overwatch and oh that's the so they have their own from identity Apex. yeah although exactly. i will say one of the characters i think it was the fat chick with pink hair i was like that's wow. kind of roadhoggish because i think she's fat no because i think she's she it's 2019 she has like a spinning tire thing that just kind of reminded me of the hook oh okay rainbow six actually just added a really thick uh operator t-h-i-c-c uh, so yeah, March 24th, Bleeding Edge, Next Ninja Theory game. Cool. Yeah. Uh, go watch the trailer. <laughs> It'll be on Games Pass. I'll give it a shot. Yeah, exactly. All of these will be on Game Pass for the most part, unless I say otherwise. I will let you know. Everwild from Rare was announced. You guys know Rare, right? By name? Yeah. I hope so. Kong. Yeah. There you go. Ninja Kazooie. It has a cool art style with a fantasy nature kind of vibe, but uh, apparently very early in development still, and we don't really know what kind yeah. of game yeah, it is. It, it looked, it was a nice trailer, but that was. Yeah, it, it reminded me kind of like journey but like more high detail yeah more a color. lot of journeys in like sandy areas and stuff but that kind of but this is in more of a forest area and you're yeah, interacting with more creatures similar art and everything. Style, i can imagine this not having dialogue and stuff and just being kind of like more it's gonna be very environmentally it reminded remind yeah. me very much of fire stand or what was that fire watch, watch. thank you yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah. what it reminded me a lot mm -hmm. of yeah, yeah so it, it looks like my it's kind of game game we, we don't know yet. Visuals, we don't know what yeah. kind of game it is at all. Next was a new trailer for a game called Grounded from Obsidian Entertainment. Man, I was really, whenever this first kind of started playing, like you said in the dog, it's got very much like a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids kind of vibe. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is going to be fucking cool. You know, like you're going to be a kid. Maybe you shrink yourself or you're like a kid scientist or something like that. And you go explore your backyard. But more as the trailer goes along and along, I'm just like, oh, man, this is just arc. Like... <laughs> Uh, yeah, then the, it looks neat, and then it becomes a co-op game, and you're like, oh, fuck, I know what this is already. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so it's a first-person co-op survival game with, like what Drew said, a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids vibe meets Fortnite. Yeah. Because there's some building and stuff, and we're going to be some, like, collecting Supplies, resources and stuff. Yeah. yeah, building your own base, maintaining it. Yeah, yeah we say Honey, I Shrunk the Kids because he straight up seems to be in, like, his backyard. Yes. So, like, bugs are, like, dinosaur-sized, and... You might be walking little, around somewhere and there's like a giant baseball or yeah, little bat. puddles might be like become big lakes. Yeah. So interesting idea, but not my kind of game. I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now. I just yeah. don't play these. This one's launching an Xbox game preview in spring 2020. It is from Obsidian, so it will still be a free game, but it's going in game preview. That's how early this is. It, it's one of those games that will probably change as it goes along. Yeah. We'll see what comes out of that. I will tell people, though, that it's not like because a lot of people are like, oh, this is the next thing we're getting from Obsidian. The first thing they're doing. 
because these these are the guys that normally make like these hardcore RPGs. Yeah, and they stuff. did the Outer Worlds. There's like a one small team within Obsidian. That, yeah, and they were working on this before the acquisition by Microsoft. So there are other teams developing the RPGs that everybody wants. There's just something new for them, and honestly, it kind of looks exactly like the kind of stuff that they've been putting on Xbox. Everybody's been putting on Xbox as far as first party. Yeah. It's kind of live service co-op things. So we'll see how that goes. Next was uh, West of Dead from Raw Fury. Got an open beta on Xbox Live right now. Stupid name. Until November 25th. <laughs> I thought this looked kind of cool, actually. I don't I remember. I don't name. remember this one. So this is a twin stick shooter set in a supernatural Wild West where you play a dude that looks like Ghost Rider that's voiced by Ron Perlman. Nice. Oh, fucking cool. And so it's got like a really cool, lots of reds, blacks, and whites sort of art style. Is it like an 8-bit game or is it? No, it's uh, it's like 2.5D, I guess. Okay. And it's hard to say because it's a twin six shooter, so the perspective is kind of like a... Top down to the top side. Top down, but like, yeah, a little to the side, yeah. Okay. It looks cool to me. I actually like twin six shooters a lot. This has a really cool art style. Again, Ron Perlman's involved, so the at least the voice acting is going to yeah. be neat. So yeah, that looks deep. Check that out. Like I said, open beta is out right now. So if you want to check it out when you get home or when we're done recording, Fuck it, I just might, yeah. <laughs> Next, we got Tell Me Why from this Don't looks Nod. Interesting. Why, yeah. I will tell you why. This is the new game from Don't Nod, the guys that do Life is Strange. Dope. Yep. And also Remember Me, which is very unrated. I don't Remember think a lot of people played that. Don't even know what it is. Ooh, it was cool. The game focuses on a pair of twins, Tyler and Allison untangling the memories of their troubled childhood. So it looks so far like it's going to be in the style of a life is strange where it's interactive storytelling. It's similar like those telltale games and stuff, but don't not is like the best at this. I'd say the only people better than them are quantic dream. Yeah. We're like, and even then it's just because they take the technology so far, the storytelling so far in don't nods games have been really great. Except of course, like I said, I haven't been feeling life is strange too quite as much. But that's more to do with the characters and everything. I just haven't connected quite as well. Yeah. Yeah, this one's about a pair of twins, Tyler and Allison. The relationship will act as a backbone of the game as they navigate life in their small town in Alaska. It also tells the story of Tyler's life as a trans man. The developer worked closely with the LGBTQ media advocacy group GLAAD to help craft the character. Yeah, I was wondering about that in the story because, yeah, it's a certain dialogue he says. Exactly. Yeah. You, I, it was one of those things where I'm listening to the characters talk and I'm like, I'm kind of picking up on it because the way they're using words and stuff, yeah. what they're saying. And in a prepared statement, game director Florent Guaman, Guame, nailed it. That's a French name, hard to pronounce. They're from Canada. Said that players will explore the identical twins' different memories of key events and choose which memory to believe. Ultimately, the choices players make will determine the strength of the twins' bonds and the future course of their lives. So that right there, I'm like, man, that could be interesting. Multiple playthroughs. Well, not even just multiple playthroughs, but from the, again, real life stuff. Like when you talk to like a sibling or something and you'll have different memories of how things happen when your kids, they're twins. So they're at least the same age, but like people's memories are so different. Like you, Ethan, I misremember shit from each other every week. We're constantly arguing about what happened or when something happened. And I hate it. And especially once you start working in the fact that, yeah, this is someone who's a trans man and there's hints in the story that maybe the parents weren't to accommodate certain things or maybe certain abuses were going on or whatever, Mm. but they definitely don't stray away from dealing with some of the hard topics in these life is strange games. So this to me, I'm totally into it seems like a good break from again. Life is strange. with so far as kind of add some of the more supernatural stuff. Like I want to say superheroes because that's not really what it is. But this just sounds like a very interesting story that could be really interesting if they, if they if it's written handled. right and it's handled well. Tell me why it will be available for Xbox One, PC, and Steam in summer of 2020. Oh, that's a bummer. 
I didn't even put that together until just now. It's being published by Microsoft, so it will not be on PS4. I don't think. No, Summer sucks. 2020. I'll be okay. <laughs> they did say, actually, a nice little quote here. We listened closely to fans of narrative adventure games, and we heard loud and clear how painful, unpredictable gaps between episodes can be, said the general manager of publishing at Xbox Game Studios. Oh. So they will. this will still be three episodes in the game, but they come out all at once. Okay. So it will still be split into the like queer delineations between when one part of the game ends and the next one begins, but it's not being split out over the course of a year. So this coming out in summer 2020 means I guess this has been in development for a while. I didn't even think about that because like I said, life is strange too. The final episode is in out in a month. So they've been making this alongside life is strange too, which yeah. is interesting. Yeah. But yeah, definitely looking forward to that. Our next reveal was a game called the artful escape, which apparently was actually shown a couple years ago, but it's been kind of missing in action for a while. This looks fucking dope. It looks dude. awesome. It looks like a fucking prog rock album come to life. Yeah. It looks fucking insane. So this is from the developer Beethoven and Dinosaur. I wrote that it's a super stylish music music influenced platformer where you run, jump, and shred on your guitar to create fuck, platforms dude, it and looks fight bosses. So fucking cool. It looks dope as fuck. Yeah, yeah I cannot I'm so wait for this. Ready for this. It looks really cool. That was the trailer where I was like eyes glued to it I like know, right? cannot wait like, to play like, this shit holy shit he's just like shredding from like some sort of mushroom yeah, monster and, and then just the like animations are so cool oh, and cartoony it's awesome dude yeah I, this is what I hope is like in fucking HDR I can't wait to yeah. play it with like headphones on it's gonna uh-huh. look, this looks sick as hell go look it up the artful escape this is definitely one to like keep your eye on dude yeah next we got some big new reveals from Project X Cloud during XO19 first off they expanded its list of titles from four that they were doing at the start of the preview. We talked about this last week that they had Halo 5, Gears of War 4. Gears of War 5, you mean? Oh, Gears of War 5. Yeah, sorry. A couple other games. Sea of Thieves might have been one of them, but they only had four titles in the preview, which is free, by the way. You don't have to pay $180 to get into the xCloud <laughs> preview. They have now expanded that list of games to over 50. That's fucking insane. Uh, just overnight. They just updated it. Stadium. You got 50 <laughs> games to play in preview right what now. What was their number before? You said eight? Four. Four. It's like and that was just like day one games. early preview where they're like we're just Man. sending out invites to people. Now there's 50 games, so they more than doubled Stadia's launch lineup <laughs> overnight. Yeah, right. <laughs> the service will also expand to Windows PCs next year and will soon support additional Bluetooth controllers on mobile, including DualShock 4. Big flex. So yeah. you'll be able to use that controller on whatever Android yeah. device yeah, or iOS. Guess what? You, you don't have. need a fucking cable to play it either. Yeah, I wrote here that there was some great <laughs> shade thrown at Google Stadia. Here at the bottom, we have a what's ahead section in the xCloud press release. We believe that Project xCloud is a key component component that will help us achieve our dream of gaming for everyone everywhere in true Xbox style by partnering with the world's best content developers and publishers, silicon designers, hardware manufacturers, mobile operators, distributors, and many more doing it in the way that requires no work for the developers. The over 3,500 games on Xbox one today and 1,900 games currently in development are already working on X cloud bringing along your friends, your achievements, your saved game and your progression so that you don't have to start over combining our strengths in content community and cloud with you, the gamer at the center. So the clear shade there that we kind of went over a little bit before is that any game that comes to stadia, they have to develop it for that platform, right? Presumably using the PC code as the base and then getting it on stadia, testing their game, making sure it runs on that platform is like an additional thing they have to do on top of PlayStation, which no one's abandoning Xbox, which no one's abandoning Nintendo switch, depending on the scale yeah. of your title 
and PC. So if you're developing games for Xbox, it already works with xCloud. You don't have to do anything fancy. Microsoft is handling all of the intense backend stuff. And then the other thing, too, of course, the bringing along your friends, achievements, your save game, all that means to play it mobile. You don't have to go buy another copy of the yeah. game and all that. <laughs> And then the other big thing about this, too, is that they announced for the first time, let's see, in 2020, we will enable gamers to stream from the cloud Xbox games that they already own or will purchase. So there's two ways that xCloud will work. One is you can use your own home Xbox as your server. So if you have a a strong enough Internet connection and the game is installed on your Xbox, you can, it's like remote play on crack. Mm-hmm. You can stream that game just the way you do now on the in-home streaming, except it'll work with the new xCloud updates because like better video compression, blah, blah, blah. We will also add game streaming from the cloud to Xbox Game Pass. Damn. Gamers yeah. will be free to discover, choose, and play their favorite games anywhere and everywhere. So they've officially announced that without any extra charge, Game Pass is being rolled into xCloud. So as games are opened up on xCloud, if it's on Game Pass, you don't even have to download it and install it on your console. It's just this live library of games that you can just be like, you know what? I feel like playing this. So, so it's like PlayStation Now on crack. So <laughs> now they're also saying you don't even have to bother downloading it. You can xCloud it on your Xbox. There has been a lot of clickbait talk and links and interviews about how Xbox and Microsoft have been toting that for this next generation, they will not be the losers. Uh-huh. They felt like that may have Phil happened. Spencer had a quote where he was just like, we will not be undercut on price or performance yes. this time. This kind of move actually makes me believe this shit. Buy and do it? Like, yeah. This seems like some really good steps forward. They're including Game Pass, which is honestly, that's a really cool thing that they came up with the last whatever. I mean, Games Pass in itself is an incredible yeah, exactly. deal. That's, yeah. that, that, so this seems like maybe they really are buckling down focusing on not just making money or whatever and doing something with the incredible resources that they have at their disposal so clap good on you yeah i read this and it was basically just like there's no way that Google Stadia is not dead on arrival. Now. Yeah. Like if the not second dead on arrival, Xbox opens this past preview and just says I can just go online co- and like sign up. The coral artery or whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is bleeding a, out. They're bleeding out. Hopefully yeah. there's some good life support nearby because they're going to need is, it. This fucks them completely. It's like, everything they don't have. Everything that happened in the Google Stadia reviews as far as like is negative latency mm-hmm. real? Are there performance issues? Does the video quality look okay? All of those are what we expected. It's all passable and fine. Yeah. So is xCloud, except that they're not selling it to you. They're just saying, hey, if you already have an Xbox, it's an which answers service, our question yeah. from earlier, where we're like, who's going to go out and buy another piece of hardware? Well, you well, don't if, have to. If you were going to spend $130 on Stadia to get the Founders Edition, $50 more gets you an Xbox One S packed in with Game Pass for a few months. Yeah, it does. And then your Game Pass is the same price as Stadia Pro. $10 a month, except you don't get one free game a month. You, you get, get access to fifth. 500 fucking yeah. games in the Game Pass library, and it streams to your phone without a USB cable. <laughs> <laughs> also, just as passably, because Microsoft is not pushing this and saying, hey, this is ready for prime time. This is the thing we're selling. It's a new service we're offering for X amount of dollars a month. They're saying, hey, it works now. It's in preview like they did everything that Google should have done Works with Stadia. <laughs> Literally every misstep that Google made, Microsoft right. has. It's like what we saw at the beginning of the PS4 generation. Yes. Every misstep Xbox made, PlayStation, PlayStation acted was, on. Yes. Microsoft is doing the exact same thing now to Google in the streaming space. 
this could be the difference where we see like in four or five years, maybe Stadia is still hanging on, but you're looking at a hundred million subscribers to xCloud versus 10 on Google Stadia. Yeah. Like it's the gap just happened with this news. We saw the PlayStation 4 E3 conference where that guy hands Shuhei the disc. Yeah. Like it's this is that big if you really think about it. They've also got a list of the 50 games that are on xCloud now. I won't go over all of them, but some of them include Ark Survival Evolved, Borderlands The Handsome Collection, Crackdown 3, of course, Darksiders 3, DayZ, Dead Island, Devil May Cry 5. Already you've got better games than <laughs> Stadia. covering a wider yeah. range than what's on Stadia. Forza Horizon 4, Gears 5, Halo 5, Halo Wars 2, Hitman, Just Cause 4, Killer Instinct, Kingdom Come Deliverance, Ori in the Blind Forest, Overcooked, nice. Oxen Free, Sea of Thieves, the same Tomb Raider games that you have to rebuy on Stadia yeah. are already included in Game Pass. Soul Calibur 6, Tekken 7, World of Final Fantasy, <laughs> yeah, uh, World War Z, W2K20, which we won't talk about because that game is broken as fuck, but you don't have to pay for it because it's on xCloud Preview. Yeah. So insane, insane the way that they dropped that news. Perfectly strategically timed to happen just before Google Stadia's reviews came out. Yeah, almost like they planned it. <laughs> yeah, almost. 2020 is going to be huge for this game streaming thing, and it's not going to be because of Stadia. Like it, this... All Microsoft has to do now is before E3 say, hey, Xbox One S is now $150. And then that's 20 bucks more than a Google Stadia Founders Edition. Bundle in a bunch of Game Pass Ultimate so that you got PC games you yeah, can play. Two you got streaming game, games yeah, or whatever. Just like whatever, yeah. So yeah. Toss it at them. Yeah. The only thing you have to do now is get them in your ecosystem instead of in Google's. Yeah. And like literally. It's not even a contest. Just send which out better. free Game Passes. You're already yep. doing it for a dollar. People come in, they like the trial. It's still a dollar or whatever. Yep. I don't know if it's still a dollar, but well, well, it's like a dollar for like the first month if you get like one of the special promotions. Fucking a, man! Like, I mean, that's what got me yeah. hooked into it. Yeah, something too, man, is that like again, this is in preview. So right now, technically, the XCloud stuff, I think it's streaming at like 720p to your phone or whatever. Mm. But this is easily something that they can scale up and be like, oh, here's the 4K HDR to compete with Stadia. Yeah. Imagine next year E3 comes out, XCloud launches officially. They have like a new name for it or something or maybe XCloud sticks, whatever. I think XCloud Scott's they drop the bad. price of yeah. Xbox One S to match whatever the Founders Edition or the would, bundle for yeah. Chromecast and the controller is for Google. They match that price. They bundle in Game Pass and Xbox Live and then they go and fucking say, "Hey, also, if you want the 4K games that Xbox One S can't run because it's not an Xbox One X, we're introducing 4K HDR X Cloud streaming. It's got to be coming. And then like, boom, because Xbox One S be supports on 4K video because it does HDR and Ultra HD Blu-rays already. If you want the 4K experience, but you don't want to have the Xbox One X, then they could just stream you the 4K version the yeah. same way Google said they would. You're fucking done. Done. <laughs> like that's the only one up they have on Google Stadia right now is they claim to have 4K HDR streaming. It's not except even some of the games aren't don't. actually that. Yeah, right. If they come out and they're like, hey, you remember Red Dead Redemption 2 that Google said would be 4K 30 or well, 4K guess 60? What? Now it is. And it's 1440p 30. Now here's the actual 4K version that was running on an Xbox One X streamed to your Xbox One S. Like if they can beat them on price. It's done. That's the only benefit Google's they had. The water. Yeah. Google's like, oh, you don't have to have the expensive box in your living room. Well, the expensive box is better than your shitty Chromecast. Yeah, sell that yeah. fucking one S for 130 bucks. Boom, you're done. It's in done. Finito. Scarlet's already coming. Like the hype for that's already started. Yeah. It's like you. Yeah. Like that was such a big, big moment at X nineteen and made everything else worth it for me. But. Now we can actually continue on the rest of the announcements. These will go pretty quick. Release date for Halo Reach 
It's finally coming to the Master Chief Collection for free if you have Game Pass or as a $10 add-on if you want to buy it on Xbox One. And it's also launching on PC for the first time December 3rd, 2019. We'll have to play that together because that was one that was one of the Reach games I never played. That I was one of the wait. Halo it's games just, I never played. It's considered like the, the best. one of the yeah. best, if the not best. the best. It yeah. is Bungie's swan song yeah. to the Halo universe. Also, the perfect point to start the whole Halo experience in the chronological order. It's the first it's one. It's the first one. Uh, I still say to play the other ones first only because it has that issue where like when you're playing the best one and then you go back to playing Halo oh, 1, yeah, sure, you're sure. like, uh, it's, it's hard to go yeah, back to I the first game sometimes. Point, yeah. Most of the time I say play things in release yeah, order. Yeah, that's true. But I, I get what you're saying, but yeah. It is really cool. This mm-hmm. again... Uh, on PC, not all of the Master Chief Collection is coming right away. The yeah. other ones will come later. So, But uh, you can buy into this for yep. 10 bucks, or, again, if you have yeah. Xbox Game Pass. Mm-hmm. I have it preloaded already. I have it, like, it will download and install the day this comes out on December 3rd, 2019. So look forward to that. The next big announcement and a string of big announcements was that Yakuza 0, Yakuza Kiwami, and Yakuza Kiwami 2 are all coming to Xbox One and PC on Xbox Game Pass in 2020. If you've never played these games, give them a try. Dude, we just talked about this last week, and this is a Travis was wrong moment where I was like, I bet Sony has been strong arming Sega and just been like, Yakuza needs to stay on PlayStation. This go, it nope. flies in the face of that. Yeah. Now, anything can happen. Maybe Persona <laughs> will go to fucking Xbox. I don't oh, know. Man. I mean, if Yakuza can go there, Microsoft is finally swinging its big dick around in Japan because that is a big gig. Yeah. That is a super Japanese game. This is one of those decisions where I feel like as long as everybody's getting a piece, everybody's getting a share, then everybody's okay. Well, and, and everybody's it's going happy. to Game Pass, which yeah. means, ooh, not only is this weird for Xbox because they don't get a lot of these hardcore Japanese games, but if you're on Game Pass, you don't have to risk your money. Yeah. You just get to be like, oh, people keep fucking hyping up this Yakuza game. Let me try it. Yeah. And then boom, now when Yakuza 7 launches or some shit and comes out six months later on Which Xbox, it will. people are going to flock out to buy that shit. That was the problem with Kingdom Hearts 3 sales on Xbox, which still did really good. Because none of the other you ones You couldn't were, play yeah. 1 and 2 on it. So a lot of people that might have gotten it, maybe the, basically only the ones that got to play it before on or, PS2 or played who it. have both like PlayStation and exactly. Xbox. Yeah. But even then, yeah, like, I, I mean, I got it for PS4, even though I could have gotten it on Xbox, but I just, I play those games on PS4 and because I couldn't play the remasters on Xbox. Yeah. It just makes more sense. But Yakuza's coming. That's awesome. That's a huge get. Clearly, that's the Sega Microsoft relationship still holding strong because those guys have always been pretty buddy buddy. Sega's feeling really confident after that Sonic redo. <laughs> <laughs> we got a new trailer for Microsoft Flight Simulator 2019. I have a question about Looks this. Pretty. Movie, actually. What's up? Was any of that shown footage? All live gameplay on an Xbox. Okay. Yep. Yep. I think this it game says looks that in fucking incredible. It said like a, one of those confusing word things, but I was like, yeah, but is that like in engine? Like the game is actually playing From what or? I've read. Like that's it running yeah. on because okay. it's still it's 30 FPS. It's yeah, because like, it looked good, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, like it looked crazy cinematic good. good so yeah. I was like, mm. really, really, so, all right, really good. All right. I had nothing else to say about that. Just the new trailer. And it's it's still looking great. Yeah. People love those games. Farming Simulator, the flight ones. They fucking go. Yeah. Shit. Dude, Flight Simulator was a huge series of yeah. games in the late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, yeah, because you had just kind of fell your, off. You had people with your whole like setups. It was weird that that whole genre kind of fell off. So this is just another cool thing where it's Microsoft just being like, hey, people have been saying we want another flight simulator. Yeah, here We've got is. a studio with some free time. Here's the Microsoft simulator. Next, we got World's Edge is officially the new Age of Empires dedicated studio at Xbox Game Studios. They revealed a gameplay trailer for Age of Empires 4. We don't have a list of platforms, although you can 
it's obviously coming to PC. And the big Xbox. question is, is this going? No, we'll, they haven't announced it for Xbox oh, yet. Right. Even Age of Empires, the definitive editions, have not come to Xbox yet. Those only came out on PC. It remains to be seen if they make it to Xbox. Yeah, that's it's interesting. A, well, it's a weird genre of game to <laughs> specific to PC do on a yeah, console. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the fact that they didn't say which platforms is making me think, ooh, maybe they've cracked it and they're going to be able to put this on Xbox, but it's just not ready to announce it. It's a yet. nice time to return to like these RTSs and that. Yeah. Over the top with you've got you've got and Warcraft Reforged coming soon. Microsoft has figured it out before because Halo Wars, like that's mm, a that came yeah. out on Xbox. They've proved that you can make a fun, playable RTS on a gamepad. I mean, yeah. And with them having a dedicated studio, maybe they can figure that out. So there's a specific kind of player and person in mind for these games, and they they are diehard fans of this type of gameplay. And this looks really good yeah, too. It I, does, yeah. I know I showed you all looks- the the definitive edition trailer for two last week for what's the score. Mm-hmm. This does look like it's coming along really well. Of course, it's still alpha; it's a far way off, but it's cool that they're getting a lot of manpower behind this game. Next, we got Crossfire X got its first gameplay reveal trailer. I looked into this game a little bit, and apparently, it is the most played first person shooter of all time. What I haven't even huh? heard of this. I, yeah, when I was reading that in the doc, I was like, what? Was what? This game has been around since the early 2000s. What's it called? And it had Crossfire like, X. The main game is just called Crossfire. Crossfire, Crossfire <laughs> X is like their, it's like they're remaking sure. it for a new generation yeah. or whatever. Whatever I was watching the trailer, it just felt like a Counter Strike clone. I had never even yeah. heard of this game. Like I said, once I looked yeah, into it, I was I. like, oh, fuck, this is enormous. So yeah, Crossfire X is like the new version that's coming to consoles. It's actually being co developed by Remedy Entertainment, guys that did Control and Quantum Break and all that. Mm. They're developing the single player campaign for this. It is a multiplayer shooter? Yes, it's mostly multiplayer. It's actually free to play. Yeah. For being around this long, I can imagine it's fairly cost intensive as far as what you're buying and stuff. Or? I guess, I mean, yeah, presumably. It's yeah. free to play. Mm. It's so been yeah, free to play make, since the 2000s. Somewhere, yeah. And it's big in China. I'll let you put all those <laughs> yeah. things together. It's coming first to Xbox in 2020. Mm. I don't know if that means that this is also something that's going to come to PS4 at some point as well. They didn't. This is not published by Xbox Game Studios or anything like that, so we'll see. But... The trailer looked interesting. It's pretty, but also I'm not into FPS games that are free to play and all that, but big new trailer, more Japanese game reveals for Xbox kingdom hearts. The story so far, which is the HD remasters of all of the games leading into kingdom hearts three. That's the only one you need right there, baby. 1.5 HD and 2.5 HD remix. Still have that on my list because it's got them all in there (laughs) is finally coming to Xbox one in 2020. This is not coming to games pass though. They, They did confirm that this is a purchase, but you gotta imagine it's probably thirty or forty bucks because I think it came out as yeah, 40 it was on like PS4, something, something like that. Reduced price game, yeah. But odd that they didn't just do this before three came out. But good that it's finally happening. You have to imagine it was some kind of like might have been a bottleneck. Yeah, yeah, like we're just like, hey, we could either get Kingdom Hearts three out on time on both platforms, or we could port this first and then wait, have it come out on Xbox or, later. Yeah, it's. I'm sure there was some discussions there, but I know there's a lot of Kingdom Hearts fans yeah. that are happy that that's going to be there. And again, shows a bit more resolve in, in Microsoft trying to make sure that these things are coming to their platform. Next, Final Fantasy 7, 8, 9, 10, 10, 2, 12, 13, 13, 2, Lightning Returns, and 15 are all coming to Xbox Game Pass in 2020. <laughs> Final Sorry. Fantasy 14 is also coming to bit. Xbox One are you in the future, me? but no release date was given. <laughs> I'm excited for this because I was like, this is all we had left. That is 14. I mean, it's great for the community. Bill Spencer said he's been trying to get 14 on Xbox for a long time. The story for 14 is really special and it's got 
a lot going for it. So the more people that get to play and experience, and it is a massively multiplayer RPG. For $10 a month, you can play a fuck ton of Final Fantasy yeah. games yeah. next year. Yeah. That is a nutso fucking layout. Eat your heart out, Warcraft. And if this doesn't confirm that Final Fantasy VII Remake will be going to Xbox sometime oh, after it comes yeah. to PS4. Did you not say that? Was no. it just it was just the original seven? No, seven. Yeah, okay. it's just, yeah, the remake original. is only for PS4 right now. Yeah. But it's a guarantee that will go yeah, to PC and Xbox as well. That's crazy. You gotta give them time to play the original first. Why the fuck can I not get these on PlayStation now? Yeah. Are Why none, is that not on PlayStation? Are none of them on no, now? None of them. Is that because they're Hell, 13 and the whole 13 trilogy isn't even on PS4? Those are backwards oh, that's compatible true. Xbox yeah. 360 games. Wow. What all of these are on Xbox next year? <laughs> And not on PlayStation. I mean, fucking Christ, dude. Have you given Sony? Whoa, whose dick do I got a Sony Play 13 on PS4? You haven't even given Sony a chance to rebuttal, man. Like, oh my God, dude. Fuck you. Yeah, I'm excited to give 13 a try because of how uh, highly you praised Insane. it. I've been I told, love 13. I've been told I would actually like 13 for how linear and stuff it I is. I fucking yeah. love 13. 13 2 is really good. Yeah. yeah. They, they're both excellent. Lightning Returns, I need to finally put some actual time into. I've only dabbled like a couple hours in that one, but. Yep. Everybody, huge. everybody says from what I like, how much I like 10, I would like yeah, 13. Th- yeah. This is huge. This is a huge announcement. Like, I I don't think I can understate how big a deal this one is, is in relation to like, again, okay, well then, Japanese games on Xbox. When the fuck do I get Halo on PlayStation then? Hey, Colin Moriarty has said for years that uh, <laughs> there were talks at one point about bringing Master Chief Collection to PlayStation 4. God damn. And then really? they kind of fell apart. But the, sure, it's their one huge, huge, huge IP. That I mean, they it's on PC so now. Well. I, he's, he possible. seems to think slowly it, making its way. <laughs> he seems to think that at some point we will see Halo on on a PlayStation console. I don't think Xbox is all or Microsoft's all that shy about sharing these things it's anymore. True. And yeah. again, it, and now that Sony's sharing or whatever, they're figuring stuff out slowly as they as they you know work their way towards everyone's getting playing into the nice with yeah. each other. <laughs> they're courting right now. <laughs> Next up, last stop from developer Variable State who released a game called Virginia in 2016 that was really, really fucking good. Is that that weird, like... It's like a David Lynch film that you play, I think I, know which one, I think I know which one you're talking it's about. It's good. I got the platinum. Oh, no, I'm thinking of Catherine. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, not that. That's a good game, too, but not David Lynch film at all. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is a third-person adventure game where you play three separate characters whose stories slowly collide. Nice. Yeah, this looks awesome. I like this developer a lot. Just all I only played from them was Virginia, but... I can't wait for another experience like that. I can't believe it's already been three. When I wrote this down, I was like, okay, came out in 2018. Then I had to look it up and be like, oh my God, it's been three fucking years since this game came out. So I'm excited to see their next thing. Uh, I said Virginia was great. Next, we got Minecraft Dungeons. Got a short little release date trailer. It's coming in April 2020. Cool. Next, two back-to-back Game Pass sizzle reels showcase what looks to be at least 50 new titles coming to the service over the coming months many of which will launch straight into Game Pass when they release. Rage 2 is on Game Pass already right now. Don't have to pay for it on Google Stadia if you have an Xbox and on Game Pass. Witcher 3, Darksiders 3, My Friend Pedro, and Life is Strange 2 I'm excited are all for my coming friend Pedro. holiday 2019. And a metric fuck ton of indie titles seem to be coming out on Game Pass throughout 2020. The sizzle reel, I was like, I kind of was just like... How many there fucking so games much, are they yeah. showing? And then the end, they were like, they reiterated that all of these are coming to Game Pass. Like when they, co- I thought we had moved past the Game Pass part just to like <laughs> an indie sizzle reel. So an incredible amount of games coming. I still don't know how they're making money on Game Pass, but apparently, 
They can't be lying. They can't be tricking this many people. <laughs> if someone's not this making money pass, you know. <laughs> exactly. And our final announcement from XO19 and our final piece of news for today, Wasteland 3 has gotten a brand new trailer and is looking much better than it did back at E3 and is arriving May 19th, 2020. So uh, Wasteland 3 is the third game in the Wasteland series from In Exile, who I believe I explained to y'all was the the people that started in exile were the original developers of fallout. Oh, so, right. Yeah. I think you mentioned that last week. Yeah. The founder of in exile and a lot of the people that work at this developer that makes sense since yeah, this is like kind of like that top down. Yeah. Uh, Wasteland was basically a kickstarted game that was their answer to people that wanted more of the original fallout fallout Two style. of yeah. game. Very hardcore RPG isometric. Yeah. Top down kind of thing. This is, it, is looking really good. It's not turn based, so though, right? No, no, no. It's okay. it's still a RPG like back, like playing like a Diablo, right? Game. Okay, yeah. Like this new trailer looked really good. I was not expecting it to come out so soon. May nineteenth is really fast. And like I said, it looks a lot better than it did before. It looks interesting. I I'm was very excited for this. Pretty intrigued by that trailer. Yeah, it looks very cool. This looks like it's going to be what Microsoft has been promising with their new studio acquisitions, where it's like this is the game they've been wanting to make. And now they've got that Microsoft money behind them. Mm-hmm. They aren't having to, they they aren't, they're not kickstarting time, stuff. They can make it. Yeah, yeah. They're not getting stressed out by having to be the ones talking to investors and figuring out who we're borrowing money from. Yeah. Like they are getting blank checks from Microsoft on this stuff, which is very nice to see. So do we know if this is going to launch on games pass as well? Or? It's a first party title. Right. Exile is a micro is an Xbox game, game cool. studios developer. So, so yeah, this definitely will come will. out on game pass. All right. Well, boys, that's the news. And that is episode 25 of Aston minor podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. I loved it. Do we have any final thoughts from either of you two? I was wrong about 11, and I'm sorry. I know you were. (laughs) It's because you used to smoke weed, and you were probably super high when you were watching the no-clip documentary on Final Fantasy XIV. Also, I just, you just don't know about Final Fantasy as much as I do. It's okay. That's that's not 14. I know way more about 14. You guys got to have a Final Fantasy 14 off. We're going to have a FF off. (laughs) Kick your ass in Pokemon. How about you F off, man? And... (laughs) 14. Oh, you can have Pokemon. I, I, I believe you. Anything you I, even, I even owned David in Pokemon. Say so he was like, fucking I owned David in Pokemon. Routes is from <laughs> this season. I was like, no, nah, that's Gen 3, bro. And he, look, <laughs> he looked it up and he was like, oh, fuck, it's Gen 3. I was like, that's right. <laughs> Andrew? Yes. Anything else? No, you can catch me at Andrew Loves Video Games on Twitch and Instagram. I actually finally figured out what was wrong with my Twitch, so now I should be streaming more now that I can actually hear things. So this is, uh, what, about 20 episodes now that Drew's been promising he's going to start streaming more? Yep. We also need to get you the same tagline for everything. It's already, it's done. It's already done. It's too late. Uh, for the, play- the only one that's different is PlayStation. That's true. That's true. Yeah. 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 Here's what you gotta there's do. not enough character limits on yeah. PlayStation. Change your PlayStation. real name to Andrew Loves Video Games, like the one that you see when you're friends with somebody, <laughs> and then just have your first name is Andrew Loves, and there then you your second name is Video Games. That <laughs> way, when that he sees work. your name, he sees that instead of your uh, actual PSN name. It's true. Yeah. Ethan, at Soulsbjorn. Yep. You got yep. anything else for me, buddy? No. I forgot to intro us again when we were talking. Yeah, earlier. I know. We got real sidetracked earlier. Yeah, did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, at the very beginning. Too yeah. many sidetracks. I got to write down. It was my fault. Hey, I distracted you with what you ate. Say everyone's fucking names at the beginning. That's all I got to put the note down for me. I have been your host, Travis Stockton, at Ray Charlizard. Thanks for listening, guys. As always, go to AfterMindPodcast.com to hear all of our backlog episodes and watch our or listen to our side series where we watch movies of the video game nature and review them and talk all about them for you. You can also find us on all of your podcast platforming, 
platforming <laughs> platforms of choice. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and like, subscribe, and share the podcast on all those platforms, especially on iTunes. I'm going to keep telling you, iTunes, review us, do it, all, all those things. All those wonderful things. And we will catch you next week when we have more news about Half-Life Alex and whether or not Google burned down after Stadia was out for a whole seven days. <laughs> Take it easy, everybody. Bye. Epstein didn't kill himself.